At least now I can sit and act and have it at normal with hopefully less of the pee pops. The pee pops. <laughs> is, it, is that the official term? The official term is plosive. Plosive. A plosive sound. I feel but, like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like an explosive, but less extreme. I was about to say, I feel like that's kind of shitty that they made the word a thing that would create the issue. <laughs> same, dude, 100%, same with the sibilance thing. We're talking about the S's. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Way to go, language nerds. Speaking of nerds, welcome hey. back, nerds. Bet <laughs> 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 you didn't see that coming. Easy, dude. You're tuned in to episode five of the House of Comics podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Alex. And like I said, we're here, episode five, so we figured, you know, we kicked this... Uh, I guess you can call it anniversary. This is yes, a fifth dude. Episode. This is a milestone. This is huge. <laughs> huge. A month, a month and a quarter. Um, <laughs> yeah, think about that. I don't, I'd rather not. <laughs> right? It's the longest month and a quarter ever. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So so for this episode, we're going to do uh, our top five. So this is the fifth episode. So we're going to go through our top five movies, top five shows, top five uh, writers, artists, and then the mystery top five. And then the mist. I think. Wait, hold on. Did you want to also do the top five? Oh, top five characters. I think we did, but we want to do like top five uh, powers, like powered characters, and top five like non-powered, non-meta, depowered characters, mm-hmm. um, which I would also be down for. Um, I'll not. Pref- prepared you want it to be for that i can make a top five <laughs> that more of than, those well, things i'll give you five characters i like <laughs> well, cause they're perfect because at the end we're gonna do we uh, have a secret question for each other and um, we're gonna ask each other a top five that we haven't you know uh discussed prior to doing this it's great so that should be fun that's that's how you podcast right that's, that's what they say that's weird. what they say but before we get into our top fives for everything we're gonna move into Obviously, our flagship segment, Filler or Crisis. Filler or Crisis. Filler or Crisis. Harley Quinn Season 2 premiered. Um, love the show. I think yes. it's probably going to be an amazing season. Absolutely. Probably Filler, though, because yeah. the first one, I would have said Crisis for the first season. Because 100%. it's like, how is this going to be handled? You have a lot of talent going into it. It's Harley's big time out going for her own thing and her own show. Which is going to be, I mean, that was going up against Teen, uh, excuse me, Young Justice yeah. and other shows like Swamp Thing and Titans and shit. Well, so. it was also going up against uh, other adult cartoons. Absolutely. So like, being thrown into that category, which yep. is, you know, budding right now. Huge. Yeah, um, Rick and Morty and all that. Yeah, you know, and to still Archer. get the, the critical acclaim that it got because, like we said, it is a really, really good show. It is. Which is kind of funny to say it's probably filler to say yeah. that, but it's literally it's filler because it's like I know it's going to be another good season and exactly. I'm excited I, for it. So I trust this creative team. They've they've definitely proven on more than one occasion that they know what they're doing. If you can make me like King Shark as much as they make me like King Shark, I love you've King Shark. Done it, dude. You have absolutely succeeded. Hundred percent. All right. So moving on. Uh, filler crisis. DC donates two hundred fifty thousand dollars to uh, a charity to benefit uh, comic book stores. I think that's an ongoing crisis period. Um, yeah. And just the nature of our current, the, the whole COVID-19 corona crisis, it's affecting every business from small to large. And comic books, like we said before, the major publishers are having difficulty with selling their pub- their books. And yeah. that 
a hundred percent is affecting the small mom and pop stores, which the majority of this industry is right. mom and pop shops. Absolutely. They're not chain comic stores putting this stuff out. Yeah, that's the toughest part. You know, when you see uh, places like this struggle, like you like you see the people. Yeah, like, hurt. Indiv- I know these people by name. I've known exactly, them for yeah. years. Like the, this isn't like walking into Best Buy or whatever. There's no turnover here in that regard. Right. These are people who are like they're putting their lives into this as best they can because they love this medium. They're not doing this for money. They're not doing this for any of that stuff. They're doing it because they really, really care about this. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So I hate to see that. Um, all right. Final topic. Okay. And uh, this this one, this is a 50-50. This is going either way. Barbara Gordon. I don't know if you heard about this. Barbara Gordon uh, has been confirmed to appear in DC Universe's Titans Season 3. Yes, Barbara Gordon will, I have not heard about this. Barbara Gordon will make an appearance in some way. This yeah. is interesting. Uh, according to, uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher this man's name, Boris Majofsky, the director and uh, cinematographer for the show. Love it. Uh, our first episode will have a new character, and it'll be Barbara Gordon. Was the exact <laughs> direct? Yeah. Love it. Yes. Um. <laughs> So, confirmed. <laughs> you heard it here first. So, filler crisis. How do you feel about this? Um, and I don't think we've actually ever talked about Titans on mm-hmm. the podcast. Which is weird. Which is, I, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> Even though we make up, I want to say, probably 20% of the viewer base of Titans at this point. It's um, it's crazy. I, I No, I know. I know that's the show that we watched the most consistently when it came out. Wild, right? Absolutely wild. (laughs) I understand (laughs) it, but it's true. So, if you guys don't know, on the uh, DC Universe app, they have a bunch of uh, new content. Their own created content of, you know, awesome shows. Like uh, Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, Mm. uh, the season three of Young Justice, Harley Quinn, like we talked about. Those are all DC Universe shows. Um, Stargirl coming in May. Uh, then there's uh, then there's Titans. I guess the flagship show. It is the flagship show. It was the, probably the much. most popular of of all the shows, which is obviously <laughs> once again very strange. Is Wild. Titans, which of course follows DC's Titans, Dick Grayson, uh, Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, mm-hmm. Raven, Raven, Beast, Beast Boy. Garth, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. um, and it's. It's essentially an Elseworld story. I don't know how point. else to describe it. Yeah, at it's, this point, it's bad. Yeah. It's, it's 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 like objectively not that good of TV. If you look at it like that, right? As like you know, a, a reviewer would. Right. <laughs> if if I was trying to figure out if I like something or not. I would say I didn't like this. Yes. <laughs> which is hilarious considering the the pace and consistency which we've consumed these Titans episodes. Oh, I watch it every week. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> every single week. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, I can I see what they're going for and every season they have one or two episodes that's like, yes. oh my God, they've got it. This episode is 10 out of 10 perfect would suggest it to anybody. The, every season there's one of those. The Doom Patrol episode Amazing. from season one. The, the beat, Superboy The Superboy solo episode. From season two. From season two, oh, excuse me. Those episodes, I'll, I'll they're some, so good. Those were some of the best TV that I saw, you know, last year. Yeah, period. I totally agree with you. That Superboy episode was really like, 
oh my god, you guys can tell a funny, intelligent, heartfelt story compelling. about this original, compelling story about an ori- about an old character, an important yeah. legacy DC character, yeah. in a new way that I care about. And like, why is why aren't we doing this more consistently? You know, I want it. They can do it. This is the platform. To do it, Absolutely. you have the live action show with these characters who, you know, the people who are watching this show know these characters. Yeah. Like, that's yes. just, there's, there's, no, there's no way around. Hard it. facts. So you can, you got one or two options. You can either lean extremely into those characters or you give them a little twist. Yep. Like, I remember I was extremely critical of uh, Starfire uh, yes. when she first appeared because I literally thought they were just. Making her black and then dressing her up, <laughs> um, yeah. dressing her up cool. Yeah. Um. To be fair, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was. But then I grew to actually appreciate her character, not because I, I she's one of the more redeeming parts of the show. I'm not saying that she's a stellar actor or or I like her character arc. Yeah. Don't get don't get that confused, but she's one of the more redeeming parts of the show at dude, this point. She, and she's a cold-blooded killer. Oh, yeah, she's a murderer. These people kill people, dude. They they will kill you for getting in the way. Yeah. It is crazy. So, real quick, I want I want cuz I don't want to stay on this too long. Even though I right. do feel like this is crisis this level. Is, I think it's crisis. This is well. crisis level. I agree. Um how do you think they're going to roll in Barbara? So I'll tell you why this is crisis level. It's crisis for two different reasons. <laughs> One is because there, anytime you're gonna add a character that big to something like this, it's yeah. gonna be a big deal. You know, Barbara Gordon is a a, a bigger name than most of the rest of the people in Titans anyway. Mm. So that's gonna grab a lot of attention, Correct. and there's gonna be a lot of expectation there. Yeah. Cult, the s- cult file uh, fan base, huge, huge, yeah. including your boy, the redheads got a rep. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is. Barbara Gordon, especially now, is in the midst of an ongoing identity crisis Boom. where it's like, what do we want Barbara Gordon to be? Yes, do we want Oracle Barbara Gordon? That's do we want point. Batgirl Barbara Gordon? They're both fantastic She's characters. She's tweeting right now. She's so into it. It's like, at right this now. point, DC's like, well, you know, here's what we need at she the moment. She was fighting the dragon a couple issues yeah, ago. And yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that's going to be important because... If this, you know, anytime you have a big production like this, you have to make a choice. We're going to get Oracle Barbara Gordon or Batgirl Barbara Gordon. And that decision will impact a lot of viewers. And if the, if it resonates with those viewers, it'll impact comic book sales Whoa. And, and, and writing in that regard. I totally think so. Oh, yeah, I do. So here's the thing. I, I, I 100% agree with you because I know DC was already doing it. Um, we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but we talked about how um, the uh, Wonder Woman run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie, the initial movie uh, premiere was lining up right when the new arc was starting. Yeah, dude. when they were gonna bring back Maxwell Lord, who yes. was the bad guy in yep. the Wonder Woman movie. And I was like, Oh, well, yes. what the hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, they're one hundred percent lining stuff up like this. Oh, yeah. yeah, and there's intention there, and that's yeah, totally fine. I get it. That's yeah. how you work. It's it's uh, there's a, a large... synergy. Yeah. Yes, there's a synergy. <laughs> you got to synergize. Exactly, dude. You got to use fake words that <laughs> overpaid CEOs created to trump the common man. Hey, this is a corporation. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it is exactly. It's an entertainment business, and when you have properties that are on different mediums, you want to have a synergy between them right you know and so that totally makes sense and in this regard when you have that ever going war between batgirl barbara gordon and oracle this is going to be another one of those battles that's going to impact the future because if it is one or the other people and it resonates with people 
it will push it that way. Just yeah. like how in so in the Marvel movies, how they, those have dramatically the way those actors have portrayed those characters and the way those actors look has yeah. impacted oh, oh, the way those characters are point. now that that's a good become. Point. Yeah. You know, that is so that is like part and parcel of those characters now in those comics. We got a Falcon and Winter Soldier comic right now. Dude, oh, <laughs> all the Disney Plus show. <laughs> you you know, you take a Marvel fan and you tell them that Guardians of the Galaxy is gonna be one of the hottest like IP in yeah. comics twenty years ago, and they would laugh you out of the 100%. room. Hundred percent. They would yeah. laugh you out of the room. I mean, we talked about this uh, on a couple pods ago. The, uh, I mean, I mean, everyone has uh, always talked about this, sure. but this particular set of the Avengers is yes. like C-list. Dude, it's not even C-level like, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not even a real one, first it's of all, and it's full of characters one. that no one really cared about because back in the Dizzy, people <laughs> only cared about Fantastic Four. X-Men, Spider-Man. and Spider-Man. Yeah. Those were the money Marvel characters, and they got sold off before Disney had a chance to move in. Yeah. And those are also, you know, coincidentally, my favorite Marvel properties well, are well, X-Men, because they're amazing, yeah. and, and Spider-Man, because I love well, theater, yeah, and uh, they're the best, yeah. and Fantastic Four, because they deserve it. They're the first family of Marvel, and they deserve to be put on way more than they get put on, because I love them. Someone's going to... Uh, nah, actually, I don't know if anyone could ever figure it out. I don't know. That apparently Fantastic Four movie. Apparently, it's hard. To, to be fair, maybe they should try. <laughs> that would be a good start. <laughs> like, like, Putting in an effort. I still don't know if they've ever tried to make a good movie <laughs> <laughs> for the Fantastic Four. God. That's truly up for debate. Um, speaking of debates, we're going to oh, move into our topic of the day. We're going to give you guys our top five things... And all these categories, our personal favorites for writers, movies, shows, yeah. the whole shebang-a-bang. Love it. So, we yeah, didn't why talk- did you want to start? Didn't get a chance like, to talk about this before. Absolutely not. But I know there's going to be easily... There's going to be some overlap. There's going to be overlap, yeah, yes. 100%. There's going to be a couple items of overlap between each of our lists. So, what I was thinking is, we both give our lists... And then we talk about Ooh. we talk together about the ones we agree on, and then individually about the ones that we have that are unique to our okay. list. Okay, what Actually, do you think of that? I didn't think of that idea at all. Yeah, I love it. Excellent. Okay, because I know that for these for the movies and writers especially that we're gonna have overlap with See, the shows. I, feel- I tried to move out. A little bit. I tried to well, increase <laughs> some things that you. I know you haven't necessarily seen yet. Right. So yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. And so, yeah, I tried to make this list fairly diverse in that regard. Um, okay. But so you want to start with the uh, movies? Movies? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, did, did you have an order for yours? I didn't put mine in a okay, one I don't five. Think I, okay, I don't think I have mine in order Because either. that's a whole different ballgame. That is different I, ball It would take me days okay, to yeah, do that. That's, that's <laughs> like, well, it's, it's funny because I'm looking at my movies now. I was like, maybe these are in order. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, dude, kind of same. Kind of same, man. Um, so... Guardians of the Galaxy. Fantastic. <laughs> Birds of Prey. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love Birds of Prey. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it later. Uh, yes. X-Men First Class. Oh, <laughs> yes. This is a list. <laughs> um, the Dark Knight. Of course. Obviously. And Men in Black. <gasps> oh, I thought you were going to say Blade. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought about it. That was, I mean, this those are there's gonna be some honorable mentions, obviously. Sure, sure. But yeah, those are my five. Those are good <laughs> five. Okay, well, mine are Wonder Woman. Okay, yes. Um, yes. Shazam. Okay, yep. Spider Man, the first one with um, Toby, Sam Raimi's. Yeah, Toby's. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then the twist is Hellboy. 
I so see here's the twist. I knew you were gonna say Hellboy. Uh, that yeah. was the one that that was the one that I knew. Actually, all almost all of those other ones threw me for a loop. Really? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, well we can just get this out of the way. The Dark Knight <laughs> well, is kind of good movie. That's the best superhero movie of all time, easily, um, and one of the best movies. Period. I, I think. And one, yeah. of, one of Chris Nolan's best for sure. For sure, and one of my favorite Christian Bale and yeah. the, everyone in everything, that movie just crushed it. Everything. Yeah, we're not gonna talk you guys' There's, heads off about the Dark Knight. There are plenty of places you can go see that for um, hours hours so let's see what else uh, so we had actually pretty different we had extremely different list. i'm stoked so you go first and i'll go okay so guardians of the galaxy i feel like that also kind of goes without saying easy choice yeah. it it gave marvel that that second that second win for the movies it was essentially the second blueprint yeah i mean we've talked about this if iron man one was the first like blueprint for mm-hmm. how to make those movies really sell and how to make them appeal Guardians one was the second blueprint of how to make the team movies sell like that. I agree. I think that Guardians was a hugely important movie to Marvel because it gave them when before we had almost generic action movies filled with characters that people loved. Now we had a defined tone yeah. and design to these movies that went beyond the typical Marvel formula and added in character that people loved. Yeah. And moving from Guardians on, it's it's night and day. It's different. It's different movies, and they're all Absolutely. they're all defined by the work that was put into to Guardians. I took the words out of my mouth. Couldn't agree more. So I totally understand that. Yeah. I figured uh, you'd throw that on there. So we're gonna start moving to the controversial ones. Now. Yes, I love it, dude. <laughs> um, Birds of Prey. I yeah. know, I know. It's early. Hasn't been out long, but it ha- it's been a minute since I've seen a superhero movie where I was like, "Damn, man, I really had a lot of fun in that movie." And yeah. I, and I. And it's obviously because I did not think I was going to have that much fun. I have That's to say it. I have part. to say it. Because, you know, people were down on the movie and, you know, I was obviously like, oh, yeah, of course, they did it again. Like, you know, they made, like, the female team a movie and then no one put any real effort into it and everything like that. It happens all the time. And then when I saw the movie, I'm like, this is great. This yeah. is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And even more. It's so fun. It's extremely violent. Is <laughs> is extremely comic booky. Uh, yes, I'm pointing at you. Okay, for the people at home, I'm violently pointing at Chris, aggressively, like yes, because well, that's important for the rest of my list. Yes, everything about it is so comic booky. Uh, quick example: the just just the, the way the story is told. Mm-hmm. There's literally parts of the story where Harley's like, "Huh, maybe I should tell this part." You know, a little, I should tell this part now, and yep. then we'll go to the future, and the then we'll come back to this part. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's." As a comic book in a nutshell, essentially. Absolutely. Having it being narrated immediately made it feel more like a comic book because it's so normalized in comic books to have characters with internalized monologue exactly. going throughout that. And in movies, we usually don't have that per se unless it's narrated. And a lot of comic movies forgo that yeah. entirely. And which is strange to me. Which is kind of strange because I think it works so well. It's such a powerful in tool that. in comics. Yes. It's, just, like it's the inner tool. The inner monologue, the inner narrative. Yeah, 100%. What are you going to do? You're going to have to dress up some kid and have him go around with Batman? That'd be weird, right? <laughs> oh, wait, that is what we do because it'd be crazy if he was talking to himself. Well, now you got to give him the inner monologue. Dude, because he's crazy now. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I don't, what the hell is this dude thinking? He's, we're beyond that. He's not just a dude in tights anymore. Now he's got weapons and training and he's going up against interdimensional threats. And so, like, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of crazy now. He's a force of nature. He is. <laughs> he's the knight, dude. He's vengeance. He's the um, okay. Good choice. X-Men First Class. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Okay. So, I had to pick an X-Men movie. I, I, that's <laughs> totally fair. I'm I, glad you did. I had to pick an X-Men movie. 
because I knew there was a chance <laughs> no one's going to be brought up. But I, this is probably, if I think about it, this might be outside of the Dark Knight movies. This might be the movie I've seen the most, just like casually watching, just because it's so easy to watch. Sure. It's just like, you just kind of watch it. And they do the, they take the cop out. Of just doing the, not the origin, I mean, kind of like the origin story, but yeah. just go back, do the hard reset. We're going to tell the story the way we want to. Yeah. But even though it's a cop out, it's fun. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. The characters come off great. You can just let, you know, these, I, I'm, I'm blank on the names of the actors, but the guy who is uh, Xavier and the guy who is Magneto, uh, Michael Fassbender. Fast Fassbender. Dude, he's amazing. I Magneto. love him as Magneto. He- I, He's so he's a great actor, but he's a great Magneto. And I'm like, if this movie is essentially just a way to just letting letting him just keep being Be Magneto, Ma- then sure, it's a it's I'm, the vehicle for Magneto. Yeah, I'm not gonna neglect. I mean, uh, object to that at all. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. So yeah, I just want an X Men movie on here. I think that's the best one. Uh, it's debatable, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's a, this is my in my personal top five. That's fair. And the uh, last one. Men in Black. So, I didn't even know that Men in Black was based on a comic book. Didn't know that either. Until a couple months ago. Yeah. And when I found that out, I was like, what? Are you serious? And to be fair, they changed a lot. Okay. Like, it's they, they essentially just took the idea of Men in Black um, and then threw aliens into it. Love it. Wait, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> what was the idea before the aliens? <laughs> um... Isn't that part and parcel of? Okay, that's the second time I've said this podcast. But isn't that essential too? <laughs> well, I think the ori- the original story did have um, like aliens in it, but not in the scope of the movie. Like there was no like understood. Like they weren't like working with the aliens. There was no like alien at the kiosk like working. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it, like it the the movie made it into uh, what am I what am I trying to think? They're more integral to, like, the protagonist. Like a springboard yeah, yeah. to a sci-fi, like, epic. Gotcha, gotcha. But the, the comics was, like, almost, like, not, like, sci-fi horror, but it was more like, this is... Really the, now? The, the the comics are serious. The Men in Black comics are very serious. So no Will Smith rapping? No! And I'm pretty sure both, both the guys are white, so, you know, it's uh. extremely serious. <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh, so they, they they flipped it and they they pretty much said how we we need some some new IPs, a crazy cool idea. We got to put Will Smith in it because it's gonna pop so hot. Boom, that Will's so hot right there. I I want to say is Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, Tommy Lee Jones is phenomenal. I think Tommy Lee Jones was in the movie first. And then they attached Will Smith after. Then they then Will Smith came after. I think th- yeah, I think they were like, um, what a we need some, yeah, we need someone. We really want Will Smith in it, but we want like Tommy Lee to like sign off on it. You know what I mean? Dude, that is peanut butter and chocolate. And Tommy Lee was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be good. Oh <laughs> man, and it's like, how many different ways can we do Lethal Weapon? <laughs> I don't really care at this point, man. I really don't. I care. really don't because that happens to be the perfect movie movie formula. Dude, and you know it's gonna be the next Lethal Weapon. It's Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> yes, dude, and I'm so here for it. I I desperately want. The Hal Jordan and and John Stewart out in the stars oh, doing Lethal Weapon shit be together. So good. Buddy cop movie in space, amazing. Where are you, Jeff Johns? Yeah. Where's your production company it, now, Jeff yes. Grant? Where are you, Grant? <laughs> Literally. Oh man. All right. So let's get yeah, let's get into your movies. That's fantastic. So I'm gonna start with um, 
one that I wanted to mention just because the same reason you had uh, X-Men on your list is Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Sam Raimi Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, all that, the first one. Um, yeah. Movie's okay. So important. So, yes. Crucial. You know what? I'm, yeah. Crucial you're, film. You're so right. And I still love those movies. I actually still love the original Spider-Man trilogy. Very, <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, I a trilogy, I'm kind of using loosely. <laughs> it's more like, I love the first movie a lot, I like actually. I like the Spider-Man two-piece. Well, yeah, exactly, dude. It's like the Godfather. Nobody talks about how there's a third Godfather, and dude. it's absolutely terrible. Um, but that's okay. Just like Spider-Man. It's basically the same thing. Spider-Man and Godfather, roughly equivalent in cinema history. Count on it. <laughs> but um, but it's such an important movie in that regard to the modern superhero movies. And Spider-Man actually took the place of a different movie that I like a lot more, which is the original Superman with Christopher Reeve mm. and Marlon Brando playing Jor-El and all that. I love that movie. And also that, important. Hella important. Extremely hella, important. Hella, hella important, um, especially in its time. And it defined that ge- that generation. And, yeah. um, but for me, I wasn't alive then. And so... Spider-Man takes its place solely because of my existence as a guy born when I was born. I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it set that first marker. I know the, the way we think of that the first Iron Man now mm-hmm. was that first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. It was like, this is the new precedent of how people should react to yeah. a superhero movie now. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, and I guess you could say the same thing for stuff like... For Batman and Batman Returns and stuff yeah, like that, Bad yeah. Robin. But honestly, it didn't. It didn't have the same cultural reverberation in a lot of ways right. that Spider Man did. So that's why that's there. Um, Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman is Spider Man for DC Universe at this point. Um, it it righted the ship. Yeah. yeah, it was a hard pivot into like here's where we're going now, and it realized that. We want to have gravity in our movies. We want to have humor in our movies. We want to have r- romance and love and, and a heart in our movies. And like, what better character to pull those three things, that gravity, heart, and humor, than Wonder Woman? Yeah. And th- I think it's Patty Jenkins, the director. She did it such a phenomenal job with that movie. And so it deserves a mention there because following that movie, the next one on my list, Shazam. Shazam is here. I still haven't seen it. Okay, so that's crazy. Because I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It kills me because I know you love Billy Batson. I I know you love the boys. I love Um, the the Shazam. Everything. It's it's really a great movie. Um, it's just a, you know, it's like big, (laughs) but with superheroes, which is it was everywhere when that came out. But that's a true sentiment. Um, and the reason that's also there is because it feels comic booky. Yeah. Um. It feels like a comic movie. It feels like a genuinely understood, like, this character, what we want out of them, what we want to see out of it. It has nice big action set pieces. It's got the heart that you want for Billy. It's got, you know, an engaging story. And then it has some really just well-done scenes and, and great acting from kids, which is rare. I think Shazam also has one of the more important things. It's got legs. It does have legs. It's got a bunch of legs. It's it's a whole new beast of of. DC property. Well, I feel like it's a whole new beast of um, a superhero. Yeah. Uh, like a step into, uh, I don't want to say a kid superhero. Yeah. But like. But what, you're right. But, you, but but what other kid superheroes are there right now? You're right. Like the youngest one is what? Tom Holland? You know what yeah. I mean? It would be, yeah, it would be Spider-Man. The one I was going to say was Tom Holland or, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, right. Riles or whatever. Right. But the same, same exact thing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, exa- exactly. But literally, so you're right. Um, those are, that's an important space to fill. 
and they did it with a lot of joy and they did it with a lot of heart again just like with just like with one room we had yeah. there was an essential gravity to the plot with like realistic stakes high stakes for billy and his adopted family um in the world in general dealing with um oh my god i'm, I'm blanking on the guy who played z's name the, the oh. antagonist doesn't matter right um so you have that gravity there's a serious there there's a heart to it because you need that when you're talking talking about teenage kid who wants to dress up and be a superhero, His right? Characters have feelings. They have feelings, <laughs> and then there is um, that humor too. Yeah, that like little, not as much Marvel humor per se, where it's like pervasive throughout the movie. Right. But there's hits in the right places that help lighten things up and create a juxtaposition between the more serious, heavy tones. There's real and life God, jokes. There's real. There is real life jokes, and there's humor that comes from characters. It's not written in humor like here's right. a punchline joke. It's like character driven humor. And that's the best kind of humor, as we all know. Um, so that's why that's there. And then the other movie that's on here, because it's also a great comic book movie and an adaptation in general, is Hellboy. Yes. Hellboy leans hard into the yes. comic bookiness. Oh, and yes. it succeeds. Guillermo del Toro absolutely knocks everything he does out of the park. That is a is mammoth no of a film, yeah. It is, yeah. And it's a wonderful movie in the fact that, like, we had had comic book movies before that that were... You know, like Blade, where it's like, oh, this is a comic book property, but we're not displaying this like Chris Reeves playing Superman. You know, right. this isn't played like that. This is played in a more like dark way. We're going to make this movie. We're yeah. making this movie movie. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. got Guillermo del Toro here to make yeah, a Hellboy exactly. movie. Exactly, yeah. Like, this, is a, this is an actual <laughs> this is a, thing. This is a real this venture dude, we're about to go on. He's making yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, The Devil's Backbone, all this like yes. serious, awesome, critically acclaimed movies. And now he's making something based on comic property that he loved, by the way. And that's what's important. Absolutely. So he captured the heart of Mike Mignola's work. And he made a really, really fantastic film. And the first Hellboy and even Golden Army, I think, is the second one, were, are both great. Um, so that's that's my list. Heck yeah. All right. Any, any other movies you want to mention? Anything you can think about? I shouted out the important ones, but the yeah. core list is what I said. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. Moving on to let's do shows. Does that sound good? Absolutely. All right. We'll do shows. Let's lead it. You hit it, man. All right. So I cheated. Perfect. I, I have so many in parentheses things. <laughs> <on here. laughs> I got slashes. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so I got a static shock, obviously a must and an obvious one for you. Uh, I got the watchman that's on mine too. <laughs> heck yeah. Heck it's yeah. an easy choice. I think, uh, I also got Castlevania. <gasps> oh my God. I counted that. Do you count I don't... that because, uh, what is it? Garth Ennis is doing the writing for I thought that? it was Warren Ellis. It's, I think it is Warren Ellis. I always, you know how we do this every yeah, time. Yeah, we do this every time. Um, but that's why I counted it. That's also, I, I cheated again. So Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will allow that in that regard for sure. It uh, is, yeah, Warren Ellis. Yeah. Uh, and then, was it one more? Oh, no, two more. Uh, Teen Titans slash Young Justice. I cheated there again. I, that, I consider those, they are in the same lineage. They are homages to each other. They're spiritual successors. Like That was the words coming out of my mouth. Yes. Nice. Like, those are like the same, like, Young Justice might as well be Teen Titans Unlimited. <laughs> Ooh, yes. And then last one, obviously, I'm gonna do it again. B Tess. Also on my list. And Batman Beyond. It's a dumb okay, it's, that's fine. Because also a spiritual successor to Exactly. hundred percent. So let's get the 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 ones we both agreed on. Let's start with the big mamma jamma, the one that like changed my life as a comic fan, B Tess. Yeah, um what can you even say? It's kind of like Dark Knight. Like, yeah, like it's a this, perfect comic book show. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's it, per perfect show. It's pretty much yeah. It's without flaw as a comic book show. Um, the animation is the highest of notch. The music, the music is the scores. still <laughs> iconic. 
the lines and the writing is exceptional. It's still defining Batman to a generation of people for for years to come. The voice work is phenomenal. I mean, what, what's bad? The red sky on the black paper. Oh my God, yes, it's dark. Andrea Romano. Andrea Romano. Yeah, hero. So yeah, Kevin and, Conroy. Yeah, the legend literally created a Batman voice that's in my head when I'm reading, you know, Tinian's works. To this day, I'm hearing Kevin Conroy, you know. Nice. So like, yeah, it's it's pretty perfect. And Batman Beyond, same, almost same thing, really. Like, yeah, it was so bold, so creative, insanely so, and they just nailed it. Like, yeah. I can't think of a better remix of something in like almost any medium really it's so intelligent in the way that it approaches all of its characters and again it is like it's the kind of thing where you know that these people care about these characters know these characters lived in the world of these characters because they are able to take them forward in time in such a a realistic and logical manner that it's like it's almost crazy, you know, and and so seeing that done so expertly with again all of the production quality of BTAS of the Batman the animated series, mm-hmm. yeah, they kept that same energy, kept that exactly <laughs> that same energy, dude. <laughs> that Mister Freeze episode still pulls any kind of Freeze episode still Jeez, destroys man. my heart. Ah, that one hurt. Uh, what were we talking about? The ones that we had in common? Yes, the oh, other yeah, one so is Watchmen. Watchmen. Yes. Oh, dude. So. Wow! Talk, talk about again. One like, experience was we. I mean, we we did the we did the whole shebang bang that we weekend. Did the whole shebang bang. Uh, we watched so we watched the whole thing mm-hmm. in one sitting. Pretty two, much two, like just about. I would say almost one sitting uh, so because so we, we ran out of day. Yeah, we, yeah, we had to go to sleep. Yeah, we had to go to sleep. <laughs> woke up and then just started burning through it again. Um, and we were also were watching the uh, Watchmen motion comic. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so. <laughs> The first time I had read Watchmen was in high school, and I was just like, "This is this is going to impact everything forever." Yeah. You know, like this is going to change yeah. things. Right when I was like eighteen or nineteen, or whatever. Um, and so seeing that motion comic, I was like, "Why is everything not, not like this?" this? Yeah. There's so many amazing graphic novels yes. that <sighs> if they would do this, you would breathe such fresh life into them and and be able to capture a lot of people who don't necessarily have the time or patience. Which is a shame, but because it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. But still, it's an amazing way to to view it and experience it, yeah. even as someone who loved it and read the original. Oh, we're, we're talking, of course, about the uh, motion comic. The motion comic, yes, not not the Watchmen show. Yeah, the Watchmen show uh, with Regina King um, <sighs> on HBO, which was like I said, if if Batman Beyond was the best remix of an original mm-hmm. idea, I would I would put Watchmen at number two. I agree with in that. In terms of a remix. And a lot harder of one, too. Absolutely, yeah. One, anything that's involving Alan Moore is difficult. That's yeah. like a law of physics. Because he doesn't like you. He doesn't <laughs> like you. He's, I, he doesn't even probably want you to read his stuff. He writes the stuff for himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. With his wizardly beard. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so talk about difficult source material to tackle. I mean, it's it's dense. It's grotesquely intelligent. It's... It's iconic to comic books and now to pop culture in general, especially after the somewhat successful um, movie that was done um, that started off the whole Zack Snyder run into foray into comics, really. Beyond 300. Yeah. Um, So, like, 
that is a scary thing. I don't know how I would have been able to handle it. I don't know. I don't know. I would not want to be. I think it was Damon Lindelof, uh, who was who was kind of behind at the realm at the at the reins here. Yeah. I combined reins and helm. Oh. Um, <laughs> and Manny did do a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Have to agree. I think those are all the ones we had in common. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you go ahead and do your list. Static shock. Come on. I mean, it's that's why it's not here <laughs> because I knew you would say it and I get to talk about it, so I'm happy. So I wasn't reading comic books at this time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very familiar with the DC animated universe, and when Static Shock came on the scene, like I, I, I knew that this was going to be special. Like I knew I was going to watch this character, I was going to be a fan of this character, and it just sucks that you know everything's going on with like you know the the, the property around you know, yes. his ownership. It's a real shame. It's it's a true shame because. He should he should be a staple of the DC universe right now. He, he is, is the perfect hero for this day and age. I was about to say the exact same thing, dude. He is the hero of for 2020. He yeah. is something that would reverberate very well, would resonate very well with the youth, with older comic fans. People yeah. just love him. And he's got amazing stories that you could tell and that would do so well in live action, in animation, in films, in in television, however you want to do it. It just it would still do so well. Yeah. So, um for those of you who are not familiar with Static Shock, Static Shock is about a kid named Virgil Hawkins. The legend. Uh, who him and a bunch of other uh, kids were um, in a... <sighs> Virgil's, not, he, Virgil's not in a gang, but it was a... <laughs> <laughs> but it was a uh, gang-like uh, dispute near a... Uh, was it, it was a chemical plant of some sort? That's whatever. What it is. It resulted sure. in an event they refer to as the Big Bang. Which was the uh, this gas, this purple gas that infected all these kids and gave them superpowers. Yeah. So essentially, think uh, X Men, but they instead of born with it, it was the Big Bang, or so, or kind of like the Inhumans in in Marvel. Inhumans is good. Yeah. So and his powers are uh, basically static electricity, uh, lightning lightning bolts. Yep. Uh, typical, kind of like a typical foray of energy powers because it goes yeah. far beyond like uh, just lightning manipulation and stuff. He can like do that. anything. We've seen him make cages. He yeah. makes slingshots. We mentioned he treats them more like Green Lantern constructs. Lantern constructs. Yeah, they're lantern constructs. He's making cages out of lightning and lifting people without electrocuting them. That is a construct, yeah. my man. And he flies on a trash can lid, <sighs> which is amazing. And that's probably <laughs> the most important thing to touch on beyond the fact that Static is an amazing character with amazing. Um, amazing stories and amazing stuff like that is that this is a kid from the inner city. It's a black character that has yeah. done so incredibly well. It's grounded. It's a very grounded character. It's part very of a real... nuclear family. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's the, I don't actually, you talk about it, dude. I mean, I could talk all day about it, but it's more, it feels more important to come from you. It's just like one of those things where like as a black kid, when you're growing up, I don't want to say it's like easy to understand when people are like pandering things mm-hmm. towards you compared to when someone is making something for you. Yeah. If that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So when I was growing up, I, I didn't know how to to verbalize this, but when I was a kid watching Static Shock, I was like, damn, dude, like this show's for me. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Virgil is like the kind of kid that I wanted to be. And I know how it's cliche and like, you know, comic yeah. book nerdy is that to say he's a Relatively cool kid who was extremely intelligent, who yeah. just wants to help people, who was, like I said, was in a nuclear family, mm-hmm. loved his loved his mom, loved his dad, loved loved his sister, had, you know, fun little quips with them. They mm-hmm. just were, a, they were cool people. His family had important jobs. They were part yeah. of the community. It was like, it was, it was, it was a character who was black, 
who they they treated him as an African American, but they didn't feel the need to throw all these tropes on him. Yeah. He just was a black superhero. Yep. Who knew he was black and didn't have to keep reminding you (laughs) how black he was. Or he lived in like a black like world. Yeah, absolutely. And they the way that they handled um, beyond the the racial disparities and different social things like that regard, yeah. moving beyond that into social econ- socioeconomic yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's so smart. It's very intelligent <laughs> about how they use the villains and the heroes uh, in the way they set up the shows and the comics because, like, it moves beyond just... Well, to be fair, race politics and social politics and, and socioeconomic status all kind of ties into each That's other in the saying. United yeah. States. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can't have intelligent commentary about one without going into other ones. 100%. And it just doing that for kids for and a, then for, for me, a comic like, book cartoon show <laughs> doing it better than it has any business doing it. And, and we, we've been watching it um, uh, fairly recently. Yes. Holds up. Holds up. Still holds well. up. Yeah. Virgil is again, forever will be the kind of kid that I would love to have be my best friend. That's why, oh, that's why I love being oh, friends with oh, you, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Cause I'll be your geeky white guy who makes fucking, are you not Richie? Yeah, I'm making like, yeah. lightning bombs, which you should not be using because oh they're just bombs. Like what? What is what's a superhero? What's a superhero name? What, gear? Oh, yes, like gear. Yeah, like yeah. Ah, oh, god. Hundred percent, dude. I'll be that. Get it? Happily. Because you're you're a sound engineer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, it fits a little too well. Get ready for the heel turn. It's coming, man. <laughs> what is that? And when my hair turns blonde, I will turn into a villain. That's the nature of it. Nice. It's Hell a yeah. natural progression. So write it. <laughs> And then uh, Teen Titans Young Justice. Uh, if, sorry, if you guys don't know, Teen Titans slash Young Justice follows a team of the sidekicks yeah. of the superheroes that you know. So uh, Robin, Aqualad, uh, Artemis, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 who is sometimes maybe a sidekick of Green Arrow, yeah. depending when or where you're reading. Um, Kid Flash. I'm just naming random people now. Uh, the Beast Boy, Beast Boy yeah, Raven, Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. I'm going in between teams. If you're young enough, you'll yeah, be there. Yeah, you know, you know who dude, I'm talking about. Dude, they even found a way about. to fit Zatanna in, and I'm like, this is questionable. Squeeze them in anywhere. Yeah, uh, static dude. shows up in later seasons, uh, season yep. three of uh, Young Justice, which I also Great love. Great use of static. Season three of Young Justice is quite literally Justice League Unlimited. It, for Teen Titans Unlimited, yes. Yes, 100% agree with you. We got two. I think Don't they have Donna Troy and the other Wonder Girl in that show? I think so. I think they do. I think so. Yeah, one of them is not nearly as central, but I think she's. I think she's seen in there. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not 100 confident. They on got that, Dick. But I, I'm pretty confident that they got Dick and Tim, and they got Tim doing that weird Tim things. Tim, dude. Thing. yeah, being a freaking weirdo. Yeah, with his weird Tim, computer nerd, <laughs> wearing a hood, <laughs> <laughs> as computer nerds do. Right, right. Uh, but like once again, a show that's centered around teenage kid characters for kids. That just, it's just fun. It just yeah. handled it everything so well. A new one to get serious. They knew one to be fun. Yep. Theme song was incredible. Yo. Yeah, both those. Yeah, everything is. Like, it's it's one of those shows. And I know we were talking about these animated shows like they're flawless. But in terms of what they are and what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. 
I would like, like <laughs> do better. That's what have, I exactly like when you Great are in, when you are an animated show that is targeted for kids that has twenty minutes to tell your iconic eighty year old story that These is are, defined generations. Yes. Then yeah, do better than Teen <laughs> Titans and and Batman the animated series and then these shows because you, you won't because yeah. <laughs> you guys no chance. Yeah. This is the best way I've ever seen these stories done. And people still then they say like we want this Titans comic. We want it to feel like Young Justice. Yeah. Like that's what people want. You that's know? what like, they want. That's that's like, it, that's it. And so if that show is still holding up so well and it's got an amazing additional season on DC app and like clearly there's they did something right and they continue to do something right. Yeah. Um Castlevania. If you guys and like I said, I don't know if this counts. I'm counting it. Just Whatever. Barely, dude. <laughs> but I love it. Just barely. <laughs> If you guys aren't watching Castlevania on Netflix, change your life around. You need to, you need to, you need to figure it out. If you're home, if you got spare time, if you got free time, Castlevania, uh, creative, creative director by Warren Ellis. Who, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the pod, you've been watching. I mean, you've been you listening. Know, yeah, you know, Warren Ellis been writing Batman's Grave. Yep. Who, well, which we've talked about almost on every pod now. Yeah, I love that. And he's the man. He he crushes it. And he's crushed this Castlevania show. If you don't know about Castlevania, Castlevania um, was originally a, a video game that's been translated into essentially every single medium. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's almost funny how many renditions of Castlevania there have been, despite it being still relatively unknown to the vast majority of people. It's funny. And like I think that the biggest importance that Castlevania has in, in modern culture, and especially in gaming, is it's... it's part as half of the portmanteau for metroidvania the metroid games <laughs> yeah. and the castlevania games coming together to mean something to create a, a subgenre of these action adventure games yeah i agree and so that is probably the most important thing about castlevania if you want to go play symphony night and other stuff like that like do it they're still great games but like it has lost a lot of standing in the modern time and yeah. this show oh holy smokes this is the best vampire thing i've ever seen yeah it's so good i don't I'm, I'll be fair. I haven't seen that many vampire things. I'm sure you're more well versed in it than I am. Yeah. But this, I think this sets a new bar for how we handle vampires in media. I agree. I think it sets. It's like it does what you really want from Dracula. Yes. At the core, there's two kinds of Draculas. You have like the straight up. This is a monster. This is like a demigod of a thing, and everything about him horrifies me. But it's like a, it, you know, it's like a desert. It horrifies me, but I can't like it appeals to me. It's yeah. terrifying, but I can't stop looking at it. And like, and then you have this. Then you have the Dracula, where it's like almost like a Greek god, where it's like he has the flaws, he has the personality, he has character, and like you can't help but feel bad for him. And that is this Dracula to like the highest level. He is so well written and he yeah. is so well acted. And you like by the end of this show, by the end, well, by the end of the second season, you're just like, oh, God. man, his character oh. is resonating. Like he has been put through the he has overcome all of his personality to try to give humanity a chance. And all we've done is just show him why he was right in the first place. Everybody is broken yes. by the end of <laughs> yes. season two. Oh, my God. They man. are broken. You're broken. It, it like it is. It is heavy, man. It's so heavy. It is, so that's why I felt like I had to include it because it feels so comic booky to me. It Obviously does because of Warren Ellis. Yeah, because um, I'm gonna bring it's up the amazing the fight scenes really drive home the comic book feeling of it. Yeah, the way the 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 flow of them, the the way the camera moves, it feels like panel work. It does, and I, 
I just love the way it comes off. Yeah, it's exceptional visual storytelling, which is the whole thing that you do in a comic book action sequence. Like yep. you, you're going to have panels on paper, and you can show any part of a fight. So, what part of the fight are you going to show? Hey, hey, that's yeah, going a great to way to actually. Say it. That's going to convey the emotion, the character, and the plot in a meaningful way. And comic books, when they do it right, that is what they do. And that's what Castlevania does exceptionally. Like yep. when Alucard and Dracula are fighting in, oh. the, in the bedroom. Oh, and you see God. the painting on the wall. And it's like, tear out my ah. heart, man. Um, so, yeah. Warren Ellis, Transmetropolitan, and Hellblazer, <laughs> and other things. And Batman's Grave. Planetary. Conti- yes. <laughs> it just continues to be amazing. And so Planetary and- Batman, which I didn't know if you knew was a thing. No! Yes, he oh did a crossover. God. It was a Planetary Batman comic. That's cool. You should definitely check it out. That's going to happen. I haven't, I haven't read it, but I saw it, and it <laughs> looks out of the Quarantine <laughs> checklist at the top now. <laughs> Planetary Batman? Yeah. <laughs> But um, but I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't know how much I would include that, but just I I think it counts, and it should also be talked about at any chance. You're welcome. Yeah, you are welcome, <laughs> people. If you haven't seen it, Ross. <laughs> Ross hasn't seen Castlevania. I, I might. I don't know if he has, but if like if you have not seen this, I'm speaking directly to you at this moment. Ross. Ross, go, go watch it right now because it's amazing and you will love it. And everyone else who's watching this will really love it. It's really exceptional. Absolutely. Is that your list? Yes. Yeah. Truly uh, righteous. B-Test, Static, Teen Titans, Castlevania, Watch Me. Yep. Perfect. So my list is um, beyond that. It's actually interesting because I only have one animated show. Ooh, okay. This I is interesting. I don't, I this... will, technically two, I guess, but one. Um, and the one I'm going to talk about is Justice League. So, yes. Okay. Per- of course. Dumb, dumb, obvious. <laughs> Justice League. And then just like with you, I'm doing slash Justice League Unlimited. Um, because yeah. that is the successor. It's it's really the next season. It's though. season it's two lo- or three yeah. of the show. It's yeah. it's the logical next step. Um, and those characters, I mean, they're drawn the same way. It's all handled by Bruce Tim. It's all the same. It's it's the same, yeah. and and it's the same in the best way. It's the same as oh in, yeah, it's as the like, best same. Yo, you guys loved these characters and these stories being done like this. Well, here's a story about Etrigan, yeah. and like, and here's a story about you know the question, and yo, it's man, still one of the best question adaptations I've seen. We got this Captain Adam story. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm like, yeah, dude, 100, percent absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of like Brave and the Bold in that regard, where it's like, okay, we can take some more wacky stuff, or not necessarily wacky, but like more cult loved characters, more more like the B sides that people love, the deep cuts, yeah. And we can put them out here because we've already had such success with our main group of heroes in Justice League. You have you know the Trinity plus what is it, Hot Girl, uh, John Stewart as GL, and Martian that, Manhunter, Martian Manhunter. Um, and then Flash. Flash. And this Flash, yep. I think, is Wally, right? I'm pretty sure it's Wally. Not <gasps> yes, of Barry, it is. Right? I think it is Wally in the show. Pretty sure it's Wally. Yeah. And then from there in JLU, it's like, here's everybody, including one of the coolest versions of Aquaman, Hooked Aquaman. Hooked Handless, Arthur. Handless Arthur. <laughs> the most, it's like, yo, before Jason Momoa was like, yeah, I'm the badass Aquaman, we had the Justice League animated show um, Aquaman, which was the most badass Aquaman. That's still the number one Aquaman. I love that Aquaman. Jason so Moa is an extremely honorable number two. He's great. But it's hard to top. He's great. Um, but yeah, so that goes on there for for obvious reasons. Obvious. And the next three shows are... I'm going to do... Uh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. So there's one here that's going to be really obvious to you, and it's kind of it just is required to be here oh, for the I, same I, reason I, yeah. that Spider-Man was. I feel the it. same reason the other ones were, and it's Arrow. Yes. It's CW's Arrow. Glad you said it. So the second season of Arrow is actually really damned good. It's like it's the kind of good that I would say if you haven't watched Arrow, watch the second season. Even if you don't want to watch the first, 
First a little CWE. Yeah. Um, but it's still good. Um, if you can do the first and the second, the second will pay off a lot better for you. Absolutely. But the second season of Arrow is just genuinely good. And what's more important about Arrow is the fact that it is the granddaddy of the Arrowverse, which right. is something I never thought we would have. Yeah. What a ridiculous thing. Oh, we, have, yeah. we have a DC universe that is spun off of Green Arrow, of all properties. And now includes The Flash, Supergirl, uh, Batwoman. You know, it's like... And these crossover events that they've been doing for the, the various crises. Oh, at, God. At, so their... that was kind of... So I watched the first season of Arrow. And that was kind of mm-hmm. my only real, ex- like, true heavy experience yeah. with uh, the CW-verse, the Arrow-verse. Um, outside of I recently have watched the first season of Batwoman. Yes. Uh, out of pure boredom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I, I actually pretty, I, I kind of liked the first season of uh, Arrow. And then yeah. I saw a, a decent uh, part of the second season, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you were saying, it was the first time that they kind of had this opportunity to do something like this. And mm-hmm. what they did with it is kind of like, it grew on an exponential scale. Yes. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It really does not. Like, the fact that someone like me, who, like I said, is, was not invested in the Arrowverse at all, was tuned in to yeah. this crisis and event. And loving it. And loving every... I love the crisis Dude, event. I really enjoyed it. I, it was so fun. I had never seen an episode of Batwoman. I had really enjoyed nope. the first two or three seasons of Flash. Um, but it fell off on those, just like I had fallen off on Arrow after about the fourth or fifth season. Yeah. Never watched an episode of Supergirl either. And yeah. coming into that with just the limited amount of exposure I had had, I had really loved the, that final crisis. I did see the first season of DC's Heroes of Tomorrow. Oh, which is a great show. Which is actually. a great show, which we should also mention. If you guys haven't <sighs> yeah. seen that, that's also a super fun show. That is a really fun and very comic book Extremely show. comic book. Very important. So, but yeah, I have. I feel like I have to include that. One, because I, do, I did enjoy it. And the other reason is because um, it's really important to television uh, for live action DC and, and for in general, because I think that Marvel has never had the success in the comic, in the television sphere that DC's had both animated and, um, and live action. And the Arrowverse is a great example of that. I mean, we have the shield verse. The closest thing we have is maybe um, the defenders, Right on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. The the Daredevil first couple seasons, of Daredevil were received pretty well. There's some pretty good. I pretty good. I love the first season of Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Second season. Oof. Mm-hmm. You know. So you know how earlier I mentioned how they uh, in Static Shock they treat Virgil as an African American character, but yeah. they don't like bang you over the head with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Season two of Luke Cage. There. Smacking you with like, yeah, the, the like, I, like I don't know if you knew if Blue Cage was black <laughs> from, from the first season. <laughs> Boy, howdy, you know now. Oh, like, you are aware. I think in one of the trailers, he just like I'm not. I'm not gonna get into Let's it because yeah, yeah, yeah I, got, I totally get we'll, that. We'll 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 save that. hundred yeah, percent. That's a whole episode. But um, <laughs> but yeah, very important show and the comic bookness of it uh, of those crosses of. Crisis, I almost said crossovers. Like crosses. Okay, that's like crisis crossover. Okay, that's pretty good, um, actually. Is what I loved about it. And another thing I loved about this next show is the comic bookiness of it. And that is Preacher. Oh, so, oh. yes. Preacher. A hundred percent. And that's part of the reason I was thinking of Garth Ennis earlier. I know. Chris is doing both hands clenched <laughs> fists clenched in excitement of the preacher. Preacher is I still gotta finish watching it, dude. What's crazy is the first season of the preacher is not even in the comics. 
the Wait, comics what? the comics what? start at the end of the first season. Oh, I remember you telling me this now. It is a prologue. Which it still that was blows created. my mind. It completely blows my mind because boy, they get those characters and they've set them up in a, an amazing way. And every part of that show, if you take it and you put it, cut it into frames, it would be totally great as a comic. They <laughs> nice. just absolutely understood Garthinus's work and made a fun comic booky show. With great characters that stood out from the pack of other people trying to... Oh, shit. I totally should have mentioned Walking Dead. Kirkman. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a big I, one. That That is probably... You, I guess we can argue that is the most monumental comic book show. I think he's, it's a pop culture... But we're talking about personal nature. favorites. This is personal favorites, yeah. So, quick shout out, Kirkman and, and Walking Dead for nine seasons of, of show. Yeah. Um, Many of which are quite good. Um, uh, but yeah, back to Preacher, which is much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely adore how everything in that show is handled. And it's if you haven't checked it out, I think it was on AMC. Please check it out. I think it just wrapped its fourth season. I think that will be the final season. So that's worth it. And then sticking with Garthinus, actually. Uh, what? I know. The Boys on Amazon. Oh, I still haven't seen this either. So. Damn it. <laughs> Garthinus, two for two, um, with amazing comic book to TV adaptations. I don't know who is in charge of doing these adaptations. I know Seth <laughs> Rogen was working on, worked on the on Preacher, by the way. What? I'm pretty confident it was Seth Rogen. Um, That's badass. Really badass. He just, I guess, I guess he loved the comics and wanted to, wanted to be involved in producing it. Shout um, out to the Green Hornet. <laughs> oh, shit. oh man! Oh, I should have made a dog. Okay. Anyway, um, but yes, uh, there's again a show that leans into the comic bookiness, um, while still being very serious, while still being very good, um, and while still hitting a lot of the important po- points from it, um, and and standing on its own in a way in a world of comic book based media. Yeah. Um, and this one's even harder because. Preacher being about you know Jesse Custer, man blows in you know blows in town. He's got a lot of history there. He's got a lot of history with with God, with yeah. his life. He's got a lot of sin and, and problems and, and things playing down. He's got a lot going on. A lot you know? going on. And so and that's that's a very different story than like here's the Justice League, but everyone in it sucks because they're real. <laughs> because the this is a real world where yeah. you have terrorism and capitalism and governments and they're all trying to balance these things with guys who can throw tanks, yeah. you know? And how do you balance that? And it's very much in that Alan Moore mindset of Watchmen right. uh, trying to take this very... It's a fantasy idea that never is, was intended to be grounded in realism right. and grounding it in a way that makes things rather scary and dramatic and interesting. So yeah, the boys. Damn. What should I what should I watch first? Should I finish watching the Should I finish watching the first season of Preacher or should I watch the first season of The Boys? I wanna say finish Preacher. Because I think you'll like Preacher more in general. Okay. The boys is really good. I and you what'll happen is the boys will resonate more with you for its critique of superhero. Right. Comics and and superheroes in general Love and me that a good culture. Meta commentary. Absolutely ex- exceptional commentary on that. Um, so that'll resonate with you pretty deeply. It is bloody. There are some there are some graphic parts. Mm, okay. It is not it is not outstandingly so that it's off putting, but there are some very graphic parts that are they do not shy away from. 
Um, for, and so, for new listeners, uh, I am very cringy when it yes. comes to uh, stuff like that. I know it's kind of funny me coming off uh, after saying how much I love Charlie, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the Birds of Prey show. Yeah, but the kneecaps, I, I get that violence. Yeah, that's the the fun ultra violence. Yeah, yeah, you know the kind of violence that kind of makes yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, I do. And there are a couple scenes that definitely will make you cringe. Gotcha. Um, they're pretty brutal, but generally speaking, it, it's you'll be fine with it. Um, and it's really good. But I think that you'll have a better time watching Preacher, and then you should watch The Boys for sure after it. Okay, perfect. Should we go into the meat of it? This is going to be real meat. The comic book. Which is funny, because I feel like we're, we're already a decent, we're decent way in it. Yes, but, we are. <laughs> um, should we go writers, artists, or characters? Um, Let's do writers first. Okay. Because that's how I have it written on my top five list. Okay, perfect. That's also how I had it written on my top five. Fantastic. All right. So I know we're going to have at least two in common here, but go ahead. Ooh, I wonder which two you think. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Go. Uh, Greg Rucka. Fantastic. Ha- had to do it. He Barely didn't there. fit on there. Yeah. Uh, Steve Orlando, if you're a fan of the show, Obviously. you know. Yeah. You know he's on there. Uh, Tim Seeley. Knew that was going to be there, too. Love me some big time Timmy Jim. Uh, Jeff Lemire. That's on mine. Obviously. And my boy Gene Yang. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love that too. I, yeah, who'd you... I like, thought you were going to put Scott Snyder. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that's completely fair. He's, he's definitely a top 10. 100%. My list is a lot more... It's going to come off as a traditional trash boy... Bat trash? It's it's not uh. bat trash, <laughs> but it's trash. <laughs> and Because it, it's obvious. Like these are personal favorites that I I all love these people right but right. but at least two of them are like they're they're so dumb that I almost shouldn't include them because like their existence predicates being on any list period I, I get what you're, that's why they're gonna a, be there that's the reason why I didn't include someone mm-hmm. so go ahead um let's start with Jeff Lemire because that's the one that we have in common on both our lists well to if you would like more information about <laughs> Jeff Lemire listen to every other podcast we've done. Because he's found his way onto every single one. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is another one of those where we don't have to beat it with a stick. No, dude. Uh, Animal Man. Exceptional. Uh, uh, yeah. and Descender. Yeah, start railing them off. Freaking. Uh, uh, family Tree. Family Tree's so good. Uh, Trillium. Uh, his Justice League Dark Run. The Joker Killer Smile. Joker Killer Smile. The um, Question. The his Question Run. Um. His, his his volume on the Terrifics featuring yep. Tom Strong. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just I don't. He's is there a more versatile writer in comics? I don't think so. Um, I I think that, and he is certainly. It's hard to say this because every one of these guys are working their asses off in yeah. comics nowadays. But he has he's also yeah. he has a body of work and a consistency that is un inhuman. Yeah, I've never seen someone who can put out so much so good in such a short period of time. He's the hardest working man in comics. That's what I wanted to say, but I feel bad saying it, but it's true. I Like you said. I don't who, feel that bad. Who, like we just, most of the titles we just named to you were ongoing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the man is juggling. And, oh my God. I didn't even mention the fact that he rebooted the Valiant universe. Oh. You know, it's because of him with like his work on, on Bloodshot and their group of the Avengers with Exo Man War and Ninjak that I know those characters. It's because of him. Didn't even mention Black Hammer. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Didn't even oh mention my God. Black Hammer. 
Jeez, Louise, he made his man. own superhero universe. Yeah, that was so good. They're like, yeah, we can put the Justice League in this. <laughs> oh yeah, they had a crossover with the freaking <laughs> Justice League. Like what? DC was like, oh, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> like who else? You know, besides someone like Jeff Lemire. So, so yeah, that's the easy one. And uh, what was the other one? Was it another one? That was it. Oh, that was it. Because oh. I know there's other ones on my list that you're gonna be like, yeah, I didn't put that on there because it's obvious. Okay, perfect. So go ahead. Oh, so just rail off oh, the rest of mine. Do it, man. All right. So Greg Rucka. Easy peasy. Yeah. Almost landed on my list too. Oh yeah. But um, brilliant. It's crazy because I was when I was writing my list, because I I did um the uh, the writers and then some titles that, that I like from them, obviously. Sure. And then I <laughs> and I wrote it and I just I wasn't really thinking about it, I was just writing. Uh, Greg Rucka, Wonder Woman, Batwoman, Lois Lane, Black Magic, Gotham Central. Yeah. Wait a minute. There's definitely a theme here. <laughs> Greg Rucker really likes a strong, empowered woman yes. with no powers. Yeah. <laughs> he consistently writes these superhero books by this woman with no powers, kicking a bunch of ass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you like stuff like that, if you like detective stories, if you like slow-paced brooding stuff with a lot of pop and a lot of... He just... He's so fun. We've talked about it before. If... If you like CSI, yeah. or you know, freaking Rizzoli and Isles, or there's <laughs> yes. a, a Burn Notice or something like it, it feels like all that shit. Uh, he's he's the man when it comes to that stuff. Uh, Steve Orlando, once again, not gonna be with a stick. Read the Martian Manhunter run. Can't stress this enough. <laughs> like I, the one thing I will, I did want to say, I'm because uh, when I was uh, when I was writing the list, I was thinking about uh, things that I liked about each artist mm-hmm. and they do kind of consistently. <laughs> Steve Orlando does this thing, and I, I mean, every writer does it, but it's this thing where he does that, uh, that 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 one like word that comes on the next page, like that that does like a big like little paragraph, yeah, you know, then, like the hanging word, but then the next page like this big sprawling like image or something. Of course, dude, he loves that shit. Oh, like, dude, he, I love it too, man. No, no, like, it's so good. I'm like, ah, shit, here we go. Like, he was like, rubbing oh, my he, hands, ready to turn the page. Like, he walked into the dungeon, and it was. Flips page is dark. Double page spread of just black. black. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bold. That, that, that's never happened, but that's that'd be a total Steve Orlando <laughs> know, move. Yeah. Um, so love him. Martian Manhunter. He's writing the current uh, Wonder Woman run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so when I was learning about Steve Orlando, uh, I was looking up some of his past, his past work, and he wrote a couple volumes. I want to say two volumes of uh, the Supergirl run, uh, Super uh, Supergirl Rebirth run. Mm-hmm. I read all two volumes. Like I, yeah. just, I just, I just like reading his stuff. Like <laughs> I don't care about Supergirl at all. But for those two volumes, like Supergirl's pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, those are the titles I want to mention. Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley's Nightwing run. I know this is going to sound silly to say to any like real comic book people watching this, mm-hmm. but Tim Seeley's Nightwing run probably got me back into like wanting to read comics. Fair. Like when I got the when I got the app and I started looking up the old stuff that was on the app, I was reading the Nightwing run because I love Nightwing, love Dick yeah. Grayson, my favorite comic book character. Um, and I was like, damn, dude, Tim Seeley absolutely gets it. Mm. I like I said, I don't, I was not familiar with very many Nightwing stories prior to reading this, and I was reading it, and I'm like, damn, dude, like it was like the culmination of everything that I had thought about Dick and everything I had thought about Nightwing. Yeah. And like it's just like in 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 these perfect stories, stories that if like felt manageable, felt reasonable, just a little off the wall. Yeah. And that, in his um, 
he had this this he wasn't he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to lean into things. Like he would he would talk about sex. You know, people people would curse. Um, yeah. and I know that happens in obviously in every comic. But when you when you think about uh like you know uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, and yeah. the way uh, Tim Seeley, who's currently writing uh, Money Shot right now, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> which is like essentially like a like a uh, a naughty comic. Um, <laughs> it's a very very sex based uh, influence about uh, like uh, sex based superheroes. So he kind of fused. Uh, I, it's kind of funny. I was reading back on some of that stuff, and a lot of that stuff is kind of infused in Nightwing. A lot of sex mm-hmm. is uh, very present, which is fun. Sex is fun, and Absolutely. Tim Tim Seeley gets that yeah um also did grayson with tom king where dick grayson is a spy working for spiral um i I, we've talked i talked about it before people are sleeping all right these are not jokes (laughs) these are not games people tim seeley who i'm talking about right now tom king who wrote mr miracle and strange yeah uh strange Strange Adventures. adventures uh vision yep was on Bat King, uh, yeah. Bat King, Batman. Bat to, King. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bat King. No, really, though. Tom Man, <laughs> Bat King. Uh, those two people were writing this book. Uh, yeah. writing the, the, Exceptional. That, yeah, Exceptional that, talent, yeah. I thought they crushed it. Uh, like I said, Money Shot. <laughs> I, I wanted to mention it because Tim, I think that's his the favorite thing he's like ever written because he won't shut up about it. Mm. He's all over Twitter. That's all he talks about. So I feel like I should read it just because how much he likes his own work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Bloodshot, which you're reading right now. Yes, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> which he's apparently is also crushing that. Yeah, 100%. And uh, oh, who I really want to talk about, I want to sign this light <laughs> on, yeah. my boy Gene Yang. Wow. The 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 hidden gem of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. You, you everyone is sleeping on all his titles. Why do people keep giving him books? Why? He's good. He's crushing <laughs> it. The Terrifics has been going strong. I've I've told you guys about the Terrifics. Miss Terrific, Plastic Man, Metamorpho, Phantom Girl. How is this book on twenty five issues? Right, dude. <laughs> How the, this is like a true comic book nerd's uh, wet dream. Like it's, it's just not a thing right? you get, dude. It's not a it's thing you get. So good. It's amazing. And Gene Yang, like I said, uh, Jeff Lemire uh, kind of helped kick this off. But Gene Yang has been doing a lot of the, the, holding the, his own. Yeah, completely holding his own for this over a year now on this run. And he's been That's crushing. I, I've been loving it. Uh, also, he has one of my favorite. Uh, Newer um, uh, one shot, like not in not just in one side, but like non continuity stories, and mm-hmm. uh, Superman smashes the clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys can't figure out what the story is about from the title, yeah. <laughs> Superman goes up against the clan in this book <laughs> about. So Gene Yang, uh, he does he always writes about. Asian American or Asian characters in his books because he feels like it's important. And I, 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 I get that completely. Totally. He always feels the need to do it. And he says he's, he does it unapologetically. He does, he's not afraid to do it because he knows he can do it well. Yeah. And he wants to tell these stories and people want to read them. And I'm one of those people. And this story was about uh, a Chinese family that moves in to Metropolis after the, uh, the, the father of the family gets a, a better job. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And Superman meets this family, and trouble trouble ensues. We'll 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 leave it there. Hijinks. Yes. Uh, all I'll say is that a couple people in the neighborhood that the Chinese family moved into mm-hmm. aren't the biggest fans 
of them moving into the neighborhood. Nah. And yeah, Superman gotcha. aren't the biggest fans of people not being big fans of people <laughs> moving into new neighborhoods. That's <laughs> fair enough. And all the while, it's also kind of because it's set in the forties, right? Um, so it's also uh, Gene Yang's having a little bit of fun with Superman's continuity. Yeah. Over the course of the story, we play with his powers a little bit. Uh, one of the big things is Superman learns that he can fly. Um, in the story, uh, which I thought was really cool, that is like cool. he's like leaping, he's like tall buildings and single bounds in the story, right? And they're like, it, like one of the things he does, but I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if anyone's ever done this in the comic, but Superman he has him run on the telephone poles like super fast. Oh, and that's cool. Like, and they're like, why does he do that? So he doesn't hit anyone while he's running. Smart. And I was like, wow, like I, I, I love that. All you right, know? you gotta watch the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Quick shout out to anyone who's watching the boys because holy smokes. That's pertinent to the first five minutes of the first episode. Well, but continue. Yeah. Did Sorry. Gene Yang write the first five minutes of the boys? I can tell you right now, he did not. Because <laughs> the problem would have been solved. Uh, no, there is no show without that. <laughs> so funny. yeah, the running on the uh, running on the top. That's really cool though. Yeah, I love that idea. But yeah, he just like thinks about that kind of stuff. Like he's very thoughtful, very very funny guy. Like mm-hmm. he's not afraid to lean into the joke. He'll do a the whole good. joke. He'll do a whole joke run, dude. He's not afraid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Try me. But he also, like a lot of the people that I mentioned, also knows when to get serious. Like, there's mm-hmm. some moments in the Terrifics where I'm like, oh, damn, like, this person almost, like, died for real. And it's funny because, like, when you're reading Terrifics, you're like, oh, yeah, they might kill off this person. I'm reading Terrifics. Exactly. Yeah, I'm reading like, Terrifics right yeah, now. Dude, Metal Morphin might die right now. The stakes are high. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. The less people care, the more you're going to care because dude. this will happen. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, that, that was the. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of my list. And so Good, to dude. round it off again, Greg Rucka, Steve Orlando, Tim Seeley, Jeff Lemire, Genie. Love it. Love that. Okay. So cutting right in, we're going to do Scott Snyder. I yeah. mean, Scott oh, yeah. Snyder well, is... Yeah. A f- He's probably six. He's probably six for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like how Greg Rucka would be six for yeah, me. Yeah. 100% in the same camp there. Um, God, he's great. At things, um, he's really good at writing Batman and and anything in that in that vein. Anything you want that like that dark kind of heavy brooding story where it's about a hero against insurmountable odds. Yeah. You know, working through his own trauma. Like Scott Sander gets it. He gets those villains. He gets that world, um, and he's fun to read. And I've already mentioned how much I love witches and, and other properties that Scott Sander's mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And so like he's not a one trick pony. He can do more than just Batman and. Currently, right now, he is defining and redefining the DC universe as a whole through metal and death metal. So yeah. if you don't like Scott Snyder, then, geez, I guess you're just not going to read a lot of DC at the moment. Because, well, God, he's important, and he's doing big things. And he's doing them well. He's doing them really well. Yeah, because we were joking about this earlier. Um, or was it yesterday when we were watching the interview with Scott Snyder on yep. the DC universe? Yep. And uh, they were doing not not spoilers, but kind of giving some hints about. Yeah. What was, I mean that there were huge fucking spoilers. There's definitely, oh, dude, <laughs> the, the demon spoiler. Batman. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Um, but essentially, uh, I feel like he's. I don't want to say taking the piss out of himself. Oh yeah. But. I do think it's funny that Death Metal is going to be a Wonder Woman story. Yes. Essentially her tearing through all these evil Batman. And I'm like, yep. what What a fun way to go about this. Like, oh, yeah, you hate Batman? You know what? We hate Batman, it's, too, now. It's brilliant. <laughs> and I know we've talked about 
how he needs to write Wonder Woman yeah. because we've loved how much he's handled that character in other properties like Last Night on Earth and oh, stuff like yes. that where he's oh, dived God. into Wonder Woman and it's like, oh, he gets this Wonder Woman. This is a, yeah. this is an edgy Diana. I oh, love yeah. it, dude. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, he, he goes on my list easily. Um, the next one is like the no-brainer of no-brainers that continues to be someone I love. Um, forever, uh, Alan Moore, duh, uh, the yeah. big duh, yeah, the stupid, for sure. the stupid answer again, like needless to put on a list because it's almost implied. See, this is why I didn't put these people on the work. list. You mm-hmm. see, yeah, and there's, I got one more kind of like that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, what do you even do with Alan Moore? I mean, Watchmen, don't talk Vendetta, to him. You definitely don't. T- you don't hang out with him. He's <laughs> yeah. a weird. He's a weird cat. He's so weird. But um, <laughs> but even beyond that, if you look at, uh, I think it was called Neo Necronomicon, was really weird dark book he did that was diving into Lovecraftian lore. Promethea was a really great book with some really great art as well that I think I think J.H. Williams did or someone was really biting the J.H. Williams style <laughs> with a lot of that was dandled but I'm pretty confident it's J.H. Williams. Um, and it's just Alan Moore. I mean like the dude's a, a super genius. Um, he's like in a lot of ways okay I'm gonna say he's like Stanley Kubrick of our comic books. <laughs> okay. He's a freak. He's a freak. <laughs> and he tells good stories, and he understands the medium on a on a level that not a lot of people do, um, because he has these very clear images in mind. I don't know if you've ever seen like Alan Moore's notes that he'll hand no. artists. They're disgusting. <laughs> they're literally so detailed. Yeah. They're so. It, it, he's an insane person, <laughs> but that's how you get such amazing art consistently. Right. Um, and then beyond that, his stuff with the Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um and and the, all his work is just worth reading. So um, I got to shout out an Alan Moore story that I'm reading now on the DC Universe app. I'm reading his old Tom Strong stories from the '90s. There you go. <laughs> I love those too. It's like, it's so funny. I, it's 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 obvious that he's a versatile writer, but he gets so much credit for like certain kinds of writing, sure. doing that that character analysis, the critiques of the yeah. superhero, and. In a, in, a, in a lot of ways, Tom Strong is also a critique of the superhero, but in other ways, it is a genuine superhero story, yeah. which he's doing extremely well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, he can just write a superhero story and make it really, really good, too. <laughs> 100%. And so, like, yeah, that's why he's on this list. And the next person that I'm going to mention, which is funny, uh, is also a freak and does whatever he wants, and we've already talked about ad nauseum is Grant Morrison. Oh, so Grant Morrison's another dumb <laughs> answer because yeah. it's, it's dumbly correct. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. God, is he great at things. And like, I've read plenty of, of Grant Morrison stuff in the past, but it wasn't really until I was like reading this Green Lantern run that I was like, dude, He's I really freaking love Grant Morrison, man. <laughs> like he just doesn't care. Like the all-star Superman stuff. And oh, and the joke I was going to make is if you want to, uh, if you want a cool comic book character to, to show up to your friends, to show your comic book nerd, just pick someone that Grant Morrison or Alan Moore wrote an iconic run for yes. in the past that no one really cares about anymore. Absolutely. But it was really good. Mm-hmm. And Grant Morrison's Animal Man run is that thing. Well, a thousand percent. A hundred percent that thing. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, Doom Patrol and all other sorts of stuff. Yeah. Dude, Grant Morrison is Incredible a... Incredible Doom Patrol run. God, he's got a great body of work. Um, and so he is He a, has my favorite Batman story because he wrote the Dick Grayson Batman That's story. right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he did mo- the multiversity, that mind yes. fuck of the multiversity stuff. Yes, absolutely. God, he's a... He's, a he's truly out here. Dude, he is great. But um, but yeah, so he goes on the list even though it's a duh. Um, mm-hmm. and the next one that is also kind of a duh. Wait, am I... Lemire, Snyder, Moore... Okay. Uh... Amir Snyder Moore, Grant Morrison, the last one, and then I'm going to just do the quick two shout-outs because they're also kind of dumb. 
It's Jack Kirby. Yeah. Jack Kirby's work. Um, yeah. Generally speaking. Uh, I, I was like struggling a lot with different writers. In, oh, yeah. Because there's, there's so many. And so like, I feel like I'm glad you did your list your way. Because yes. we did like. We, we kind of did the the, uh, the uh, complimentary list. Absolutely. Yes. They're like, 100%. these are like the iconic writers of the times who should be mentioned, have iconic stories that are my favorite yeah. stories from these characters. And then here's some guys that some guy who started reading comic books a couple years ago likes right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's it's perfect because it's no, important. Yeah. And Jack, the other thing that's interesting with Kirby is he is he fit in this difficult area of the, another person I want to mention on here, but Lemire's in there too. And... Um, and Frank Miller um, mm. was the other one. because that, that was who I was going to put on my list. That's a big, dumb one. That yeah. makes perfect sense. That's and, why I took it all. <laughs> 100%. And the reason is because, like, the reason I mentioned those three right there is they're all writers and authors. I mean, writers and artists. Yes. Um, and so it becomes difficult because it's like, well, who, what do we want to celebrate here between these things? You know? And so, like, in this regard, I was thinking more of New Gods and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously. And so that, and that, you know, we both love that very much. So that goes there. Um, and then the, the other one besides Frank Miller that's that again doesn't really need to be discussed is Neil Gaiman and yeah. Neil Gaiman's there yep. because Sandman is amazing and if you've never read it you should read it but also I think that his he does a lot of he has a lot of novels like I think Stardust and New Gods which are American Gods excuse American me Gods, yeah. which is phenomenal which is a great book and they did a great job making that new TV series um, but yeah I, I don't I didn't have enough of a reason to put him on a list there, even though I absolutely adore Sandman. And I think he's, he's his best um, work is really in, in comic book as a medium. So yeah, do some other shout outs. Uh, Jonathan Hickman. He's that was another one uh, right there. Gail Simone. Rick Remender. Um, um, who else? Who obviously deserves the people. shout out? Jeff yeah. Johns. Je uh, yeah. Jeff Johns is also the big dumb one. Because yeah. He's big just dumb good. one. Yeah, exactly. He's just good. He's just good. Like, do I need to talk about yeah, him? Do I forever? have to say it? Uh, and, Peter J. Tomasi. Yes. Um, these uh, are yeah, just people that yeah. uh, George Perez. I mean, like James Tynan. Tin, yeah, yeah, God, is he great? Yeah, you know, these are people that are just good at the yeah. things they do, and yeah. other people will tell you how good they are. But this is our podcast, and so we're gonna tell you about these particular people. Which is why we're gonna move on to our favorite artists. Yes, you talking about your favorite writers on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, yeah, you go first this time. Oh, okay. Well, no, I'll go first. No, I want to go first. Well, I'll just name one, and then you can do the rest of your list, because I know for 500%, 3,000 billion percent sure that he is on your list, and it's J.H. Williams, third. So I actually did not have J.H. Williams on. All right, I'm out of here. This isn't even the real... I don't even know who this person is. Because that was the big... I, I, was, I wasn't yeah. doing... Oh, okay. All right, you read your list, comic book hipster, and then I'll read my list, you nerd. <laughs> How dare you disrespect his name in this house? I did not disrespect his name. That is disrespect. We were, we're talking about I him. Right? I, I talked about him Awful. before I mentioned anyone on my list. Awful. <laughs> so true. Yeah. All right, give me your list. <laughs> I love James Williams, fuck, damn it. Dude. Oh, my God. Uh, Jamal Campbell. Fair, easy one for you. Yeah. New, probably, probably newer, newest, or new, one of the newer uh, all star writers. DC and Marvel doing all that. Uh, oh, uh, artist, yeah. Yeah, artist, sorry. No worries. Uh, Riley Rossmo. Yeah. On the Martian Manhunter run. Also did a Constantine run with yep. James Tynan. Yep. Also has a uh, Batman Who Laughs issue, does fill ins here and there, has a Justice League dark fill in. Like, yeah. Probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite art style 
right now yeah. at the moment just because it's so different. It just pops. Um, Dan Mora, who we mentioned on the most recent podcast from uh, his uh, creative work on Once in Future from Boom Studios, he um, also does a bunch of covers. He's he's mostly a cover artist. Uh, does covers for um, the, the Super Sons, mm-hmm. Batgirl. Has done varied covers for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, Thor versus Hulk. Does like does everything across the board. Um, he actually has this uh, this indie comic with with Graham Morrison. Thanks for no, it's from Boom Studios. It's him and uh, him and Graham Morrison called uh, Claws or Klaus. Which I was really interested in because I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh crap, Dan Morrison! I mean, Dan Morrison, Dan Moore, and Graham Morrison. What a yeah. what a combination." Uh, Andrea Mello, from her work on Plastic Man with Gail Simone, right, and the Female Furious, which I'm reading right now. Dude, Female Furious is good. I I love what I'm reading, and I and I love what I love about her is uh the versatility. Yeah, big props to the versatility, and it. A lot of it comes across in that one Plastic Man run because she has Plastic Man turned into so many things, and I'm like, "Wow, you can draw this! Like, why can't why you draw this so well?" <laughs> yeah. um, and the last one, Javier Hernandez. I'm um, um, sorry, Fernandez, who is attached to Tim Seeley for that Nightwing run. As much as Tim Seeley got the writing um, and and the stories down for Dick Grayson and um, like Nightwing stories for that run. I thought the way it looked was also perfect. Yeah. Because it was he is one of those art styles that you can see the character, the body is clearly there, but the anatomy isn't the most important part. So when they make those movements, they get that exaggeration. It gets a little yeah. cartoony. It has almost like a little anime flair to it, like how the characters kind of move, which is perfect for Nightwing. Sure. You know, he's a gymnast. He's an acrobat, you yeah. know, flying across the rooftops, moving across the page. You like need you that. Wo- you energy. want them to flow exactly. Yeah. You want that energy, and like he did an incredible job of it. So yeah, that was what those are my five. Those are good. Those are good fives. My well, hipster five. The hipster five, dude. Well, that's okay because I have the non-hipster five. I have old man comic book five. Um, and we'll start with old man comic book fives. I mean, like this is my favorite artist as far as like personal. What a person, what a human can do in art to define a a style that's so unique and create Mm -hmm. characters and scenes. I mean, his panel work alone is mind-blowing. J.H. Williams. The legend, uh, the goat. I mean, he is, when I show people comic books, it is so easy to reach for Elegy, for Batwoman Elegy. It's so easy. Did you know comic books can be like this? It's legend. Yes, yes, literally. Did you know what it feels like when you you show someone this? It's like, did you know we can do this? Did you know people do this shit? You know, like, look at how amazing this is. A person made this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, he's an easy choice to include here. Um, And he'll always be one of those comic book artists that I'm just like, if he's on something, he's just like he's like Lemire or Snyder or whoever else. Yo. When I see he's working on something, it's like I'm buying this. Where's the Jeff Lemire, J.H. Williams count? That would be though. a trip. That would be a wild. Could you imagine, thing, dude? dude? No, I would. Would you, would oh, you rather man. that be an indie comic or some superhero? The only reason I would say indie is because then they could both go bonkers. Yes, on it. absolutely. When you have the the, the uh, creator owned properties like with Image or whatever, yeah. then they can just really lean into the weird. And I, I want you to lean into the weird. So, but it would be really cool to see a powerhouse team like that handle an iconic name like Batman or what, or you know, Captain America or whoever you want to put it on. Right. Um. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Um. <laughs> Greg Capullo goes in there. Greg yeah, Capullo's in there because metal. Greg Capullo is metal as hell. 
Greg Capullo is an amazing artist. Greg Capullo is, he's everything I want and more. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but he's everything I, I'm happy with as far as a Batman artist. Dude, I was about to say, he's everything I want out of Batman. He, <laughs> Yeah, he just like, that power pair of, of Snyder, and, Snyder Bat- and, and Capullo. Snyder and Batman. Is Snyder, that, that is Batman. The trilogy yeah. of <laughs> Snyder, Capullo, and Batman. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Um, and he just, he feels like he understands these, these, these characters and he has this, this dark grounded yeah. approach to characters that like goes back to when they were redefining Batman, goes back to another artist who I'm going to mention here. Um, when they were looking at Batman and thinking, how do we take this goofball Batman and turn him into something like this? It's funny. Cause it's almost the opposite of, it's like, we had this nineties grim, dark Batman for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. like we need him to be dark. We need him to be austere and intense, but we also need this to be different. Yeah. We can't just have it be edgy military suit Batman all the time. Right. And so, and Greg Capullo went into this world full of these gothic horrors and this you know, maniac billionaire on rooftops yeah. and, and put it in a way that was still, that was grounded, that Batman needs because he's just a guy in a suit at the end of the day. You need it to be grounded, but still having... Wild characters like Killer Croc and Grundy and, and Bane and all these other people show up and, and be meaningful and, and, be, and be beautiful in their darkness. It's bat spawn. The bat spawn. And then, I mean, Christ, dude. spawned it up. The dude can draw dude. anybody. He can, uh, again, oh, dude. From, from, his, from metal and, from, and yeah. from Not Last Night on Earth and all the other stuff. Oh, my God. And I, and I think, I, I know you're still getting through your list, but I feel yeah. like that's a big thing that we both have is that... You gotta be able to draw everybody. You do. I, as, you do. As much as I see you, you know, doing Batman, see you doing, you know, Martian Manhunter, or you know, doing Spider Man, or whatever. When you get on that team book and you gotta do that full spread of the Justice League or the Avengers, that's what I'm really like, you know, judging you on. Yeah. As like a like a uh, like an overall artist. You yeah. Know, everyone can lean into like their bag here and there and be really good, you know, at, at particular things. Yeah. There's gonna be a a time you're gonna have to do that full page of this whole team and what like how are you gonna go, how are you gonna approach it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no loopholes here in comics, especially when you're doing a big title like yeah. that. When you're doing work on the Trinity or any of the other like really any of the other because mo- other characters series. are gonna show up. They will be there. <laughs> like even if you're not writing a Superman comic book, you better be damn well ready to write to draw Superman. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going to there's any chance you could show up. A hundred percent. Really any or anyone else like that. You know. Um, Shout out to Sam Perkins and Lois Lane. Lois Lane with Batman. Who, yeah. I was thinking the exact same yeah, who, thing. Who drew a, an incredible Batman, an incredible uh, Superman in those yeah, books. I totally agree. That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> nice. and this is why we do this together. Um, and then to segue right into, uh, there's actually the last two both actually come right off of Capullo. Uh, but I'm going to go into uh, McFarlane first. Oh yeah, Tom yeah, yeah, because um, we were watching the interview and he was talking about how Greg Capullo is the absolute man, and he is which was amazing. Yeah. Which I love seeing that someone so cool. like that to be. I mean, so t- humble. He's so humble, and he's such a fantastic guy, and he's such a talent. And like his work, crazy. With, his work, he's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but that's just how these people are. Apparently. Well, yeah, you got to be. You know, um, and his work is so important in defining a lot of these characters. Like his 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 take on Spider Man. Yep. With uh, especially with his web work is was really controversial at the time. Super controversial. But now it's just like his his very visceral uh, versions of those webs have become much more accepted and much more beloved mm-hmm. and kind of part of Spider Man's now. Um, and then of course, 
um, the, like Batman with the cape and all the other stuff he did, and moving into Spawn mm-hmm. with Image and like how important he is with Image to, to the industry. Image like, is essential. Yeah, image is industry. comics now, dude. It's kind of funny that we kind of threw him in here in the artist section, but he's like a much bigger part of the, big. the 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 industry than just being an artist. It's kind of like with um with Jim Lee, yes, exactly, and stuff like, like that, you know, or um and kind of with like Kirby, where it's like yep. I put Kirby there because. Kirby, he's done work as an artist and a writer and all that stuff. But, like, to me, what's important about Kirby beyond just the, the writing is the world building. Yes. And that's, like, that's something that's important. Like, you can be an art, you can be a writer that's really good at dialogue mm-hmm. and, and character development. And you can be a writer who's really good at big picture world building stuff. Yep. You know, like, like Hickman, where it's like, okay, here is this entire universe that never existed that I came up with in my brain. Yeah. You know, and Kirby did really important stuff with the fourth world. And a lot of work at Marvel. Oh, that is. Um, that's why I put him there, even though he's been known for doing multiple things. Yeah. And then to go back to McFarlane, the man is he's a comics icon, a comics legend, and yeah. he's done in, in an insane amount of work for this media industry. icon. Me, I, I mean, yeah. multimedia, hundred percent with the toys, yeah, with the toys, and so much other stuff. Cartoons, I mean, sp- spawns a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> spawns like, a Mortal Kombat right now. Yeah, Dude, and he crushes. Um, <laughs> And then the final one that wraps back into it is um, we're talking about defining Batman after an era when he's maybe gotten a little stale is uh, is Neil Adams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. one's an easy one. I mean, it's like cre- working to create Ross, Ross Al Ghul, um, like and so many other things that Man Bat, Man Bat, <laughs> like God was he important in, in redefining that character? And so like that's to me like what speaks through to art is when you have a whole era that you can define and say like look at what this person did yeah. like this when you look at this Batman when you look at this because he did that Green Lantern and Green Arrow run uh, yes, he did that with, that's with right country. He, yeah. he saved both yes. the titles yeah. literally yes and, <laughs> and created an iconic run with that um, when you have someone who can do that as an artist where you can point to a picture and say damn there is this piece of work yes. and this is Batman to me yes. or this is whoever to me it's that, a great point. It's a great that's point. That's an artist, dude. That is like when you can define that character, when you can make a drawing that mean, that holds the weight of what that character is known for, you've succeeded as an artist. I couldn't agree more. So there's the list of things. Perfect. Perfect. We've been doing a lot of talk about characters, which is good. Yeah. Now we're going to move into what this could get controversial. Things, dude. Could, could, Things will be said. Could get controversial here. We're going to move into our favorite characters, non-powered and powered. Now, I'm looking at my list, and I've seen I've made a terrible error. <laughs> Did you not have enough of one or too many of them? I had to not have enough of the non-powered characters, and I am blanking on who I would put in that fifth spot. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I'm gonna let you go first on this one Ooh, while I'm I... writing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, do you have a list? Do you have a power list that's ready? Um, no. Okay. So okay, I'll, I'll get into. I, I have a power list that's ready. Okay, go for it. All right. So we're gonna get into our top five uh, characters with with superhuman powers. Gotcha. Uh, number one, Wonder Woman. Duh. Obviously, easy pick. Uh, number two, Martian Manhunter. I don't know if that was a duh. Obviously, but. I've been loving to see Orlando run. It's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern. Amazing. I don't know if that was uh, also obvious, but loved. Uh, I want to say it was, oh, I don't know if it was Tony Bernard or Peter J. Tomasi that did that Green Lantern core run, which was essentially the buddy cop 
uh, uh, run for yeah. uh, John Stewart and Guy Gardner. Yes, which I love. It, it was it was so much fun for absolutely no reason at all. Uh, Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, for sure, dude. I have some. We gotta have a discussion after this about Blue but Beetle. Continue. No, about a couple of these characters. Oh, because I want to have Howard. Yes. Okay, that's. I want to have that discussion real quick. Um. Well, this, this is perfect because the last one I had was Guy Gardner. <laughs> Was a uh, dead man. <laughs> oh, love, big love. Yeah. So that was my five for power: Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, John Stewart, Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes. Obviously, those and are great. Dead man. Those are great choices. So, real quick aside, I don't know if I would consider John, at the very least, John Stewart as a powered hero. That's okay. Just because now, clearly, he's got superpowers through the Lantern Ring, and yeah. he has. I mean, when you take away the ring. He's an exceptional human being for sure. But, like, how would you define a powered hero in that regard? Well, I I, cons- I consider the Lantern superheroes. So I, I, cons- I totally no, agree with okay. that. Okay. I totally agree with that. But what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say more is, he would you say that what defines him versus, like, uh, the obvious one, Batman, right. as a powered hero is because his power is extra extra normal? It's extraordinary compared to Batman, which is based on gadgets and technology? Is that why you would say, like, Lanterns are not gadget heroes? Yeah. Okay, that's totally fair. Yeah, I, he has a cosmic ability, which is not accessible to a person that arrests people. Sure, <laughs> that is just that's means and money. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, that's totally fair. And if we're going to take that definition, then then Jaime and anyone else like that totally yeah. fits in there as well. Um, that I I totally I'm totally into that because I think that would also be what what takes someone like John Stewart or or yeah, Howard. I thought like that'd be splitting hairs for something like this. I agree with you, but yeah. I think it's a fun that's a fun debate to always yeah. have with that. And it's interesting because I'll do my five real quick. Is uh, I'll start the first one off with someone that is arguably in a similar role. Okay, uh, Doctor Fate. Okay, because Doctor Fate, if you take off the helm of Naboo, he's still a magician. You, you have Kent... Is Kent Nelson a magician? He is now. I guess so. That's fair <laughs> in this current... Yeah. But, like, um, in earlier iterations, he's right. just an archaeologist. Yeah, right. You know, so... Um, but, yeah, he's on there. A love favorite. Um, another one that's actually kind of a fun argument for that, too, is Jason Blood, Etrigan. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah, Jason well, Blood is a dude. Jason Blood's a knight. A he's not even a magic dude. Even I was going to say, magic he is, at the time. he's cursed. He's cursed. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's kind of a messed up dude. But, I mean, <laughs> thanks to Etrigan living inside, paying rent... Um, you know, living rent free ways, you know, in his in, head, in his head, yeah, in his soul, in his soul. <laughs> but because of Etrigan, he's you know virtually immortal. He's got all these other things going for him, and then he can hit, spit some fire lines, and then literally start to spit fire. You like that? We're appealing to the younger demographic right now, right? I don't. Th- How do you do, fellow children? <laughs> do, spitting fire. What is up? What is <laughs> But anyway, so um, so that's that's on there. Um, the big dumb, stupid, obvious one, Animal Man. Oh yeah, Animal Man forever, Buddy Baker. <laughs> Animal Man, Evolver die, Evolver die, literally. Yeah, <laughs> Buddy Baker will always be on the list. Um, someone who I've warmed up to a lot over the years, and that I've I've always had a love for, but it's great to see um, getting more props again, having his own title out is Constantine. Mm. Mainly because I just love just like dark stuff. I love that kind of that kind of world. Yeah. So uh, having him be a great dark magic user, interesting character. Again, like 
this jaded, cynical man who's always trying, he's trying to save humanity and he's struggling to figure out why exactly, you know, he's bisexual. He is, he is difficult. He is problematic at his core. He's a smoker, but he just like, he's there and he continues. He keeps on and carries on. Right. Like that's the whole shtick with Constantine. So he's there. And then the last one is I'm going to go with the swamp thing, the big swamps, large swamp boy. And like, you can look back to Alan Moore's run on that. The, um, Lemire's run, uh, what's oh, love uh, Lemire's run. amazing. Um, his inclusion in any kind of media, I always get excited to see him in, in movies or, or shows or anything like that. I don't know if we've bigged up the swamp thing show enough. Not even close. Pod. Dude, that we is, should, that's what the next one should do. We should do those shows. We should do I a deep to, dive on the DC universe shows. Yeah. Because at the very, I mean, I could do 30 minutes on Doom Patrol, but oh, on my dude, head, I could do an hour on Doom easy, Patrol. Yeah. Easy. So yeah, I think that we should go in ahead and talk about. At the very least, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, and Young Justice. Absolutely. Um, and Titans. And Titans, you know, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are probably my five powers. Oh, and Harley. Yeah. And Harley, of course. Yeah. yeah. So um, those are probably my five powered. Heck yeah. I feel like we included, it's funny, I feel like we included Dead Man and Constantine for the same reason. Yes. Um, I, I totally agree with that. Even though Dead Man does not have his own title out right now. No. He is not in Justice League Dark. Rest in peace. He is floating in limbo. <laughs> Literally. Find a way yeah. to get my man in here. Save my mans. Gosh. Put them on Terrifics. Ask me if I care. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, all right. Non-power characters. Let's hear it. Nightwing. Obviously. Big easy. Batwoman. Easy. It felt super easy. Also great choice. I, I thought it was an incredible choice. Yeah. Where's well, the Nightwing Batwoman? I mean, there's a couple team-ups, but yeah. uh, we need a whole book of that. Um, yeah. Mr. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was... Uh, Ooh, yep. <laughs> I don't know if that was obvious or not. Yeah. I'm going to throw you for a loop here. <laughs> this is going to sound a little hypocritical after some of my previous statements. That first season of Luke Cage, man. Oh, dude. <laughs> that first season of Luke Cage. It did it for you, huh? I, I it really did. You arrived. It, it truly opened my eyes to the character. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm like some friggin' crazy huge Luke Cage fan. But when I'm thinking of like characters that don't have superpowers, mm-hmm. Luke Cage kind of pops up because of the show and because of how much I liked it. That's and, fair. And he was literally just like, I mean, he has like powers Tech, sure yeah but he's like saving brooklyn yeah like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he slides in there yeah you could you could argue either way he I, walks I think that it's line. totally fine like yeah. i guess what i when in my mind wonder one would absolutely waste luke cage oh, <laughs> like, it would be a massacre like he wouldn't stand a chance it would be a massacre and at the same time i could also see batwoman beating luke cage so yeah. <laughs> you know he has to be in like that uh that area for me yeah and then my fifth special slot, which I still have not finished. Yo. I am. Off the top doing it? Gonna, gonna try yes. to go off the top and think of somebody while I'm talking right now. Dude, yeah. I believe that you could do it. That's why I'm giving you a second through my current monologue. This is. I can feel it. This it's, has been one of the more impressive stalls of my life. Dude, it's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for this stall and I'm here for this character. I really don't know who, <laughs> bro. Okay, I'll read you mine, and we'll come back. <laughs> well, because like I don't want to say someone who like isn't like actually like a top five worthy person. Yeah, yeah. Because like yes. I'm, I'm not thinking about like Birds of Prey. I'm thinking about like you know Huntress, Black Canary. Thinking about Bad Girl. Easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
Because those are great characters. I like yeah. those characters, you know, in, in the Birds of Prey run. I actually really like a, this one uh, Batgirl story. The, the, I'm blanking on the name right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who I'll put in that fifth spot. Yeah, that's fair. I'm actually struggling on my fifth spot, too. Perfect. And you mentioned one of mine. Oh, and shit, one of mine also walks a line here. So, like, the big dumb one, and it'll always be my <laughs> answer. When people ask me, my, like, my favorite superheroes, you know, like, I'll say Animal Man easily. Yeah. But... The other one's always going to be Batman. Yeah. It'll never not be Batman. Batman will always be there. It'll I'm be so, so afraid to me. put him in there. Dude, me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a stoop. It's just like putting Alan Moore or anyone else up there. It's dumb. It's like, okay, your favorite hero is Batman. Like, fuck off. But it is. Like, I, Batman. I, mean, I put Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's like, it's like okay, like, we've been doing this for 80 years. Like, you're going to tell me that Batman's not a good character? Right. You're going to tell me we have 80 years of story written by some of the best talents ever come through the comic book industry, and it's continuously in fiction been, industry. Um, in fiction, period, <laughs> yeah. dude. You, you name whatever you want to do. And, and be Beyond just comics. Yeah. If you want to look at the Mask of Phantasm, if you want to look at other those Dark Knight yeah. and the Christopher Nolan movies, yeah. movies, you know, like clearly this is a character that matters. So he's there. I don't feel that bad about it. The next one's Huntress. Because <laughs> <laughs> I felt a little bad about it. Um, the so the DC's real female Batman. If yes. you know her backstory well yeah, enough, really though, honestly, yeah. she in a lot of ways, like, yeah, it's kind of a little on the nose, almost <laughs> almost too much so yeah. on the nose, and um, in, in in a great way, in a way that I really enjoy, and also an on again off again love interest to my third character. Uh, wait, what? The question. Oh. Yes. Okay. And the question is my cheat character because I get to. I am including Vic Sage and Renee Montoya as both people in the question because they're both equally valid and they both equally rock. Yes, I was going to include Renee Montoya. Question. That's a good choice. Yes. Because oh. not only do I love her in the current Lois, uh, current Lois Lane run, right? Loved her uh, back features in the Batwoman elegy. Yes. Um, and she also had so a pretty fun role in um. Dark Side War. <laughs> Holy smoke. <laughs> she, she pretty much started off Dark Side War by saying, hey, something's about to happen. Yeah. And then right. Dark Side War happened. And then, and then happened. <laughs> she was right. Yeah. That darn Renee Montoya. And she's in Gotham Central, which, yeah. like like I said, if you like Greg Rucka, if you like, you know, cop stories, she's in, in Gotham Central. <laughs> it's good. Is it's what that means. Um, and then the fifth one or fourth one, um, again, it's kind of hard. A little bit of an argument because you could say that he, he since he's a new god, so he naturally has mm. he's meta mm. kind of at his at his core he's meta ascent yeah. mm. at his core he's meta, so he kind of fits more in the superhero side. But like he's just he's kind of like to me he's kind of like almost in a Luke Cage area. Where, like, yeah, he's faster, stronger, and better than a normal human for sure because he's a new god. But, like, what's really important about Orion, hey is, like, um, his lineage from his lineage, his interesting story between his uh, All-Father and, um, and, uh, and Darkseid. Darkseid, yeah. The whole, the continued uh, tension in the Cold yep. War between Apocalypse and, and, uh, and New Genesis. Um, the redheadedness, love it. I mean, he's known for like scooting around on the space scooter and blasting space guys. Scooter. You know, like if you, you know, if Batman was Orion, then Batman wouldn't be shooting people. I'm just gonna say that right there. If Batman was as powerful as the new god Orion, then he would not be using guns. But Orion doesn't give a shit, and he will use guns. He will kill you with a gun, a laser gun. 
I don't think Orion has contingency plans for the other new guys. Oh, absolutely does not. <laughs> and you can read Mr. Miracle to find out more about Orion and his short-sightedness and, and his schemingness <laughs> and all the things that make him a wonderful, wonderful character that walks that line. But yeah, that was a tough one for me in that regard because I could I could make the argument either way, I think. Um, I don't know how much it was intended to really be as powerless or powered character as in, in his inception. But over time, there's been that power creep in all superheroes. So... Um, he's there. Do you have your fifth one? I'm going to cop out. Do it. I'm going to take a cop out. Do it. I'm going to say the, the Robin mantle going to say generally. Yeah. I'm going to say the concept, the idea of the sidekick that is Batman playing a role in the DC universe somewhere. That's going to be my fifth character. I am totally fine with that because it is. It's an. It's an eternal thing. It's an yeah. undying need that is, that is uh, beloved. It's a by, legacy position. It's a legacy position that um, it holds weight when it's filled. I mean, these are important characters, um, and they define a lot of people's generational view of Batman. That's a like great who, point. Who your Robin is yeah, says a lot so about fun. you so as a person. Yeah. It says a lot about how old you are. That's it. Says, a, yeah. it says a lot about like how crazy of a person you are, um, and like. All kinds of things. So, like, whoever your Robin is to you, like, props for picking your Robin. Um, and it's really important. So, yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. Quick Robin say. ranking. Go. Impossible. Um, <laughs> Impossible. So, first off is Tim Drake. <gasps> Second off is Stephanie Brown. <gasps> first off is, no, it's, it's definitely, it's it's Dick Grayson, at, uh, number one, obviously. Um Jason Todd, because he's not a good Robin. You got Jason at two. Okay. Jason at two, because he's not a good Robin. That makes him interesting. Okay. Um, Damien, because he's a psychopath, and he's also very interesting. Uh, Tim is just Tim. I don't really care for one way or for the other, to be honest with him. And then Stephanie is fantastic, but I don't. I have never read enough of her stuff to yeah. put her somewhere in a meaningful way. I can't have a good argument about Stephanie. Well, to be fair, she's not in that much stuff. She isn't <laughs> that much stuff. Exactly. You know, so it's like, I, I can't make that argument one way or the other. Yeah. So that's why she's at five is just at my own ignorance. So it says nothing about the character. Um, it's more about me and my failures as a Robin fan. Dick, Damien, Tim, Jason. Damn. Fair enough. That's right. That's just as right. Yeah. Um, I could totally understand that. That's how it goes for me. Um... Let's see. What else do we have? Oh, I think we're into our uh, our secret question portion. Secret question portion. I'm going to real quick say Green Arrow as my fifth because I love Ollie. That's my fifth non-powered superhero. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Calling it there. Poop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pew pew. I mean, I really do love Ollie, and I think I he's a great like, character. I thought you got to read more Green Arrow stuff. I don't think I've ever read a Green Arrow or anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, but yeah, real quick, just throwing him in there. But yeah, go, do you, what's your uh, what's your? Oh, me? I'm sorry. I thought you did your five. My bad. That is my five. No, that was the last one. I was thinking on my fifth one. Oh, okay. So go ahead. Um. Oh yeah. Secret question. Do you have Do you have one? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Trying to see who should go first. Okay. Is yours good? It's probably better than mine. <laughs> I was going to say, what are your top five? There's, there's some caveats to this question. Okay. What are your top five non-superhero comics? No. Not counting. No, dude. Witches You're or kidding Saga. Me. You're fucking kidding me. Mine is capeless <gasps> comics. Are you serious? Yes, dude. <laughs> it's the Look at my phone. It's the first one. Those are the other ones I was thinking about asking you. The first one is no capes. Top five. I hate... Oh my god! This, this is oh that's so. Ah! 
Okay, thanks everybody. This has been the, this the podcast we put on House of Comics. This is ridiculous. That's so <laughs> funny. Okay, so real quick, cue everyone in. We decided on these on the other things, the artists, the writers. We decided on the top five, so we had a second to ruminate upon them and come up with a list for you guys. The last one that Chris came up with is we should come up with a, a secret top five that yeah. we will both tell each other right now at this moment. And then we will have to come up with something on the spot for that spontaneity and that coolness and, that you get from yeah. when we talk. And we did the same thing for each other. Well, the thing is, I didn't have a top five for my question for you. Dude. I just had a question. I didn't even <laughs> I wasn't ready. I was unprepared for oh, my own wow. question. This is this is taking on a completely different <laughs> This is phenomenal. Oh my oh, god. Wow. And it's that would be and if you if you finished yours by saying no saga, no witches or whatever. Yeah. That would be even harder. <laughs> that would be really difficult oh, wow. um, because they're so easy. That's okay. So, all right. That's hysterical. Of course. <laughs> Shit. I have names, right? But I don't know. If this is my top five. That's what I'm saying. These that's are just, the these are just names. Yeah. I'm gonna finish this, and I'm gonna be like, "That's not five. Right. That's not my top five. That's so tough." I like. I feel like I've only been reading indie stuff for like six months. <laughs> yeah, I have. I'm just trying to make sure I don't forget something that I really do love. Right. And like, I'm happy with half of this list, but there's two things in here that I'm like object. Mm. So like, my thing is a lot of my favorite stuff that I'm reading it like is ongoing right now. You know what I mean? Because yes, I like I just started true. reading it. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna own this list because this is Do me. It. This is me. Perfect. I'm gonna dude. own it. Own it. I'm owning it. Make it. All right. All right. Who's going first? You know what? I'll go first. Yes. Because I feel Let's like once it. we're gonna do the thing. Because like I was mentioning, I kind of just started getting into indie comics and yeah. like capeless stuff. Yeah. Six seven months ago. Yeah. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm dipping my toes in, trying out different stuff here and there. So I'm gonna go. See of Stars. Okay. You really love that book. I love yeah. that book. Uh, it's a great book. Folklords. Also a great Which book. Which yeah, I also yeah, yeah. been talking up. The, the, really like that book. Totally fine with these answers. Uh, Black Magic. The Greg Rucka, Rucka Nicola yeah. Scott. Uh, right. Renee Montoya is a witch book. I know you'll love that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Looking that, back 10 years from saying. now, you'll have that on top five. Uh, Olympia. Okay. Which I did not bring... I did not bring a copy of, so I'm blanking on the uh, the writer the and artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll look it up uh, later. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever talked about Olympia on here. I think we mentioned that it'd be a good uh, first combo for someone. Yes, but I read the first combo and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, if you haven't heard of Olympia, uh, kids reading the comic uh, gets to the end of the comic. It's about you know uh, essentially it's, it's Thor fighting Loki. Um, their uh, their references for Thor and Loki, the the characters that he's reading about, at the end of his, at the end of the comic, the character he's reading about comes crashing to the earth from the sky, and he's just in the real world now. Classic. And yeah, then the hilarity and, and hijinks, uh, hijinks yeah, dude, yeah, exactly. shenanigans, it, it, absolutely shenanigans incoming. Love that story. And another one that we've been talking about um recently. This one, this is a hard hard pick for me because we're only two issues in but it's yeah. the only one of those, it's one of those things where i'm like this is this is already that's okay go ahead undone by blood or dude. shadow of a warning man dude like yeah. 
you guys got to read this book, man. It's, like, yeah, I, it's good. I read it, dude. Oh, you read the read yeah. the first one? Yeah, I've hell never, yeah, yeah, dude. I really liked it. Hell yeah, I love it. You got to read the second one. It's, I want to read the second one. It yeah, that's probably it was fucking good. I cannot wait for that to finish up. Got the huge what? What is the thing from Watchmen? Is it Legend of the Black Freighter? Yeah, uh, Tales from the Black Freighter. Tales yeah, from the Black Freighter. Yes. That energy, yeah. We Love have the parallel energy. stories. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. So yes, round it off. Sea of Stars, Folklords, Black Magic, Olympia, and Undone by Blood. Great list. Um, and totally, yeah, totally acceptable, dude. I the funniest thing is, I want to. I wanted so hard. The first thing that popped in my head when I thought non cable heroes that I'm obsessed with right now is. Decorum, dude. Dude, hell I yeah. I reread See? Decorum and it's just good. It's just good. It's not going on this list because I I can, mm, but it's so good. <laughs> okay. It belongs there, dude. It's really, really good. I know it's going to be some amazing uh, Hickman work. I just, I have nothing but faith in him. Maybe uh, that's the problem. We keep thinking about the stuff that we're reading right now. Because, that's, I was what? actually thinking that. Because like, right now the things in my head are all the titles that are ongoing. Yes, like exactly. Saying. So, um. Moving on from that, though, the, the five I'm going to go with are um, Preacher, actually. Okay, hell yeah. For Garth Ennis' uh, Preacher, which is just good. Um, like, really good, actually. Um, and then to sneak in the Hickman, because I am sneaking in the Hickman, we got a double dose of Hickman goodness, oh, which is two comics we've already talked about before in okay. the past with um, Manhattan Project, okay, which is really really good. Um, and East of West and East of West, which is just dense, crazy sci-fi lore, and it's amazing. East Thank of you. West is really really good. Um, amazing work from from him. So uh, the other two I'm going to mention are one's a graphic novel, V for Vendetta. Hell yeah. Beef Vendetta comes in. I was, and, I was and, thinking about that one. I was yeah. definitely thinking about that one. That's probably my big dumb pick on here. Okay. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's just like, it's one of those books you should read if you like comics or if you like literature um, yeah. or, or art, you know, yeah. try it. Like things. If you like you like yeah. things, right? <laughs> read this book about a guy in a mask who has a kind of creepy relationship with an underage woman. That's not in the movie. Hello. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's really phenomenal. It is really good. If you've never read it, then it's 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 great. If you like the movie, it is different, Um, but it's in, in the best ways. I really love the movie and the, and the comic for everything separately. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I'm going to do is of all the <laughs> of all the Jeff Lemire properties <gasps> that I could have chosen. Oh God! Outside of here, what I'm going to go. Possibly say this is a, this is an interesting one because it was one of the first ones I'd read from him that was an indie comic, and it's still to this day a comic that like sits in my brain and it has a really special place in my heart. Because I'm actually a giant softy, and I love good, just, I love romance. I love yeah. romance set against incredible odds. Yeah. And I like it, especially when there's, like, a destiny aspect to it. I right. like I like when things feel, uh, not necessarily predetermined, I'm not necessarily like a fatalist, but I like when things have that scope to them. And talk yeah. about scope, it's Trillium. Oh, Trillium yeah. is literally yeah. lovers from across space and time coming together as the universe unravels. That is so me, and I just, I love everything about that book, and I can't help but suggest it to everyone. And that is also, when we're talking about the writer-artist, yeah. Jeff Lemire is did yeah. both of those. He Incredible. Did the, he did the art and obviously the wrote it. So that's going to round out my five there. Um, Preacher, East of West, Manhattan Project, Viva Vendetta, and Trillium. I knew I, I knew East and West and Trillium right off the bat. I knew yeah. those were going to go in, and then the one I was really on, on the fence was Preacher because I actually really loved uh, Promethea, which is one I mentioned earlier that right. Alan Moore wrote as well. Right. Um, 
that actually has a really hard superhero vibe to it. So I ended up going with this. Gosh. So yeah, I'm happy with this list, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm also happy with my list. It's a good list, dude. Yeah, it's so funny. There's like things with one one volume, two volumes, and I'm like, you know what? But they're good. That's what I've read. That's like the 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 scope of the things that I've that I've read because yeah. like I've really been uh like sprinkling my time like around in terms of reading. Yeah. Um, I'll go read something over here, then try to read something like completely different to try to get like a full. Full, trying to broaden my horizons. You're doing what a great like. job with that. Yeah, Thank I'm, you. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Honestly, I am. Nice. Um, and then the the mention that doesn't need a mention saga. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. That one doesn't even count. That one's that one's too stupid for even me to put on the list um, of my dumb list. Hell yeah. Okay. I cannot wait to read the. Uh, hey. What, what was it? Is it what? the hardback book one? Which is like a trade of trades, dude. It is a monster. That we got from Emerald, Emerald City, City Comics. Comics. Yep, Emerald oh. City. The the shop we always shout out. Right now, they are they are open still, but you cannot go inside the store. So they are operating still. You can call them. They have a fantastic library put up on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you can see it's almost like a little menu for you. They have all the images up there. So you can call them. And then they'll also have mainstays that you expect. All the new comics that are going on the monthly series. And then all the big ones, like we've mentioned. You know, stuff like Watchmen or Beef of Vendetta or whatever. They've, yeah. they've, of course they've got those. Yeah. And then last... So, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Go ahead. And uh, last week they had the uh, New To You sale. They did, yeah. 20% yep. off uh, everything on the all the new comics yep and 20% off all graphic novels which was awesome so uh really great you picked up the saga book one yes and what else and descender oh yeah which is embarrassingly one of my one of my holes in my jeff lemire knowledge perfect whack that i am well i picked up another hole in the jeff lemire knowledge i picked up the first volume of black Black hammer Hammer, which i'm excited to dive into yes also picked up two issues of uh copra from I want to say that's right. from out of image, and then I picked up those last two issues of Folklords, um, from from Boom Studios, which is why I, I, I read them, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is this is this is pretty up there for me right now. That's good, dude. Yeah. It's so funny thinking on that list. It's like we had the opposite problems of like you didn't want to do the ongoing series that you're on, and then for me, I was like racking my brain yeah. to come up with the stuff I love that I've been reading for this period. And I'm right. like, I can't think of this shit. And I love it. Like, what's going on? I mean, like, every, now there's things coming. Like, Zero is an amazing book from Image that I've right. read and loved. Like, anyway, we're done with that. Yeah, thank, thank God. God. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, and on and on that note, you yeah, know, dude. might as well say, uh, uh, keep, keep on, on comic, comic booking book nerds. <laughs> yeah, dude. Lord, the double t- the double speak is not intended. It really, this is, isn't. This is natural. 